welcome to Exit Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies of the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Clay Williams. Um, usually I would start things out by asking what you've watched recently, but I think we should just like change this into Sopranos Corner. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I've been texting Jack a lot about like, I've just started watching The Sopranos. Uh, I've been watching my good friends, Pussy, Polly Walnuts, Christopher, Christopher, Tony... Meadow, and this is who you're what this is who you're watching with. Yes, these are the people I'm watching with. By <laughs> right, the way, yes, exactly. I, I, yeah, I, I've yeah, taken parties every bro- night. Yeah. breaking any social like restrictions with quarantine and everything. I'm. It's all now. Are they coming to Portland or are you going to New Jersey? <laughs> I, they're coming to Portland. I would never step foot okay. in New Jersey. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Great. Now we've alienated our Jersey audience. No, it's um, not that. It's that if I stepped foot in New Jersey, I would get whacked because, you know, I'm not welcome yeah, there. This, this is true. This I, is fair. I, I, um, I've done a few things in New Jersey that I'm not proud of. So, you know, I'm not, it's not <laughs> And now you can't there. see it, but you have like a wife beater on. I do have And you have like, you know, cold yeah. cuts in front of you. 100%. 100%. And, um, yeah. You're like smoking a cigar. It's a new look for you. I, I, I enjoy it. I, I, I've I fully <laughs> acclimated. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but one time I like binge watched House, the and the show. There's a that, lot of guns behind you too. There is a lot of guns. There's a pizza staple to the wall. <laughs> I, I I once binge watched the medical show House with Hugh Laurie, and then like when I got and then like I was just sitting in my chair just watching like a ton of it, and then like when I got up, uh, this I was like 15 or 16, and I was like walking to the kitchen, and my mom looked at me like, "Why are you limping?" And I'm like, and I didn't, I did that unconsciously. I was just limping because I just watched so much House. Because he limps in that show. He has like a whole Viking addiction and stuff. But he just limps. And so it, 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 that just reminded me of like acclimating to an actual show that you're binging. I, yeah, I just was limping for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, The Sopranos is great. It's a great show. What, a lot what of great got things. you about House? What was like the, the hook? The House, hook. he's like a smart doctor. He's a, he has no. He, what if a doctor had no bedside manner and was pretty good at his job? That's House. Um, but <laughs> right. But no. What if, what if, like from what I understand it, it was like um, what if Tony Stark but a doctor? Like he's pretty like. Honestly, that's actually pretty. Good, that's a pretty good submission yeah. of it. He's not like a billionaire, but like yeah, no, like just asshole, yeah, just asshole, like snarky personality, heart of gold. Got it. Yeah. No, that works. Um. But, you know, the, the Sopranos is great. I don't know what else to say about it. It's, like, literally been talked to death about it. It's, like, there's a whole... There's podcasts. Right, there's right. This is nothing revolutionary. There's books. <laughs> like, you know, fucking... There's everything about it. It's a great show. It's, like... I, I guess what I'm actually more surprised about when watching a show is, like, how, like, chill it is. I mean, like, mm. when you think of, like, prestige dramas and prestige TV... I think of it, like, a lot of times, it, to me, it's, like, Breaking Bad is, like, this prolonged anxiety attack. Like, it's, like, the most, like, one of the most tense shows I've ever watched, because it's just, everything bad happens. There's not, like, a time to be, like, yeah, we're just chilling out with Walt and the boys, just smoke, it's just, you know, <laughs> cooking some meth. <laughs> They're just chilling. Yeah. Total, it's all low-key or whatever. I mean, like, there's certain, maybe, like, bottle episodes, like The Fly or whatever. There's really no, ep- there's no really moments to bask in the glory. It's all just, like continuing the glory yeah it's also it's also like continue yeah, like a con- continual down spiral of like awful shit happening to people so it's like um but like the sopranos it's just like a lot of times it's just like them hanging out and like doing al pacino impressions and i'm just like this is rocks this is cool just <laughs> no, like yeah absolutely it's I- like comforting i didn't know it was going to be comforting 
and I think the weird the, the main difference between Breaking Bad and Sopranos, you see, um, my God, Walter uh, go from how Vince Gilligan describes it. Um, uh, oh my God, Mister Rogers to uh, Scarface. Oh, and it's that's like fun. that's the gradual pre- progression to mm-hmm. uh, to like dork to mafia boss, and mm-hmm. I think in you know, well, just ha- like reclaims this ego that's always been there, right. but it grows over time in the show, and you start to dislike him more and more as the show progresses. And when that line is that he breaks, is all up to the viewer. But with Tony, he's just sad. Yeah, <laughs> he just has like a lot of undealt with issues that you start to deal he's with. He's kind of depressed. Um, you know, like he, and he's like also terrible. He's right. like in that show always reminds you of it, and he has his rise and fall every episode. It's not just the entire show is just one big rise and then one big fall. It's I'm just, so bad. I'm not bad, but like I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm so bad at watching like shows about bad people because I'm because by like because I I'm such an empathetic person by like because like by episode one I'm like he's not that bad. I mean, he just kills a few people. Yeah. Like, he's fine. Like, he still yeah. has, like, a more... Like, I just justify all his actions. I'm like, well, it's the job. He has to kill people once in a while. Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's sad. Like, right, exactly. I mean, can you be if someone's sad about it? Yeah. yeah. He just needs to let the sadness out. And, know? I mean, well, I feel like the great thing about that show is, like, the moment you meet his mother, you're like, yeah, no, I would kill people, too. I, you know, I definitely, like, just the, like, if I had, if I was raised by that witch, I would definitely murder people. Uh, Livia is one of the most despicable Can't wait until television she dies. characters. I know she dies um, at some point because the actress dies, oh, and I'm not, oh. no, you know, RIP the actress, but that character literally needs a, I don't know how she dies in the show, but I cannot wait. It's going to be so great. Right. She's definitely, um, I don't know how to say it, from a generation. Right, the, right, right. Yeah, um, that's the one way you can... But I also, like, um, I'm not in, annoyed with any of the family members, which I was worried about. I wasn't, like, I'm not annoyed with AJ or Meadow or his yes. sister or whatever. Like, they're still, like, no, these are pretty cool characters. I think Carm... Okay, you've a, met Janice. Yeah, yeah, Janice is great. Yeah, uh, Carm is great. I love her. Carm's excellent, yeah. Edie Falco is tremendous. Like, so good. She's just... I mean, everyone's performance. There's also, so, they're just but. also sometimes a hoot. They're just, like, fun. They're just like, oh, it's cool. They're right. hanging out with the uh, uh, these Italian-Americans. This is great. And it's the family dinners that you can sort of catch up with them, and that's, yeah. that's when you feel involved. Yeah. And, you know, people um, say gobble ghoul sometimes. What's not to like? You know? <laughs> hey, hey, oh, hey. You know, just all the Italian stereotypes you want. Like, it's great. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> Stop breaking my balls. Yeah, exactly. They say busting my balls like a lot. And like that's like a common line in a show that's like televised. Cool. Great. Five yeah. stars. I, I do think it's interesting when you see something that's so acclaimed and it's like the best. When you see like in Neon Lights, the best TV show ever. Right. It's and kind it of lives... intimidating. But it's also satisfying when it lives up to it. Yeah. And it, but it lives up to it in a way I wasn't expecting. Again, I just didn't realize how mm. comfort, like how much of like a comforting watch it would be. Like it's just like comfort food now. It's not... It's not like this perpetual yes. state of like anxiety or like terribleness or like you know tragedy. It's just kind of like, hey, the boys are hanging out. Hey, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> just that, that's all. It, um, that I meant to tell it. you this, but my dad, one of his birthdays, he got a Sopranos cookbook. Oh no, <laughs> it's pretty. That's pretty sweet. What? We haven't cracked into it yet, but it's on a shelf. When birthday? When what? Yeah, what birthday should... was this? Uh, I've. 
I forget. It was recent though. Okay, yeah. so like two or th- two year, two or a year ago yeah. or something like that. Some yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right, man. Gonna yeah. cook a bunch of sweet. Italian dishes that yeah. uh, a <laughs> nice little a nice uh, nice priest will come over and eat for you and talk about <laughs> movies. Father. Yeah, Father Phil. Yeah, yeah just, received he's like a today. movie nerd who also like is thirsting for <laughs> you know uh, m- married women. He's he's a right. he's a cool there, guy. There's a lot of there's a lot of cinema references that that you you'll enjoy. There is a the whole like, um, they're huge movie nerds. At one point, AJ works at Blockbuster. They um, take about they talk about Francis Ford yeah. Coppola like a lot. Yes, it's yeah. like bizarre. It's great. <laughs> I just I didn't realize that it was just going to be a lot of the like you know Godfather three I think it's misunderstood you know I think it's an all, all right movie I'm just like is this a like that's I'm, that scene when um when Silvio has the Vecino impression like, <sighs> they phoned me back in. and it's just I want to say it, it's just it's just good enough but it's also just bad enough where it's hilarious. Like it's not a great impression. You, you can tell the heart is there. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's but he's got he's everyone loves it so much. But it's so much. It's not like a perfect impression. It's not even necessarily that great of an impression. But he does it so, right, and right. everyone loves it so much, and he does it with such conviction that you're kind of like, this is great. It wins over a crowd. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, mm-hmm. soprano, soprano corner over. Okay, I can't wait for the next Sopranos corner. Um, <laughs> Guy Dolby is here uh, with us. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello. Thank you for talking before you're introduced. We always encourage. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't know if I'd like interrupt. Yeah, you can always no, interrupt. No, please do. Always, sure. always, yeah. always, always. Okay. Okay, perfect. What have you watched, been watching um, recently? Yeah, yeah, what have you been watching recently? Um, we just well, repeat each other the whole time. Yeah, that's what we do, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what uh, we do. Yeah. Is that what you do? It's what we do. It's <laughs> what we do. Click, yeah. get into the dynamic. Okay, it, that's what It you is do. what we do, yes. That's what you do. <laughs> I've been watching far more TV recently than movies, unfortunately, but obviously I, I went to the London Film Festival this weekend, so I got to see uh, French Dispatch last night in Soho, which were both cool. I got to see Belle, which is the new Mamoru Hosoda, and that was really cool. Um, but yeah, mostly TV, unfortunately. What TV? But I guess there was TV in the 2010s, so that's not... <laughs> that's true, there wrong. was, actually. Yeah. It, was there? Yeah, no, there was. No, Jack, do you so, remember? So, there was actually there was... television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, I've heard, yeah. yeah. Some even say so. Uh, a few TV shows are actually movies. Oh boy, are already we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into this. I thought we dealt with this in the OJ episode. No, we're gonna go back into this. We get into which movies are actually TV shows. Oh boy, yeah. There's that also discourse. Okay, so um, how much time do we have? Is well, that... yeah, right. But what what television shows have you been watching, guy? Um. I've just watched Midnight Mass a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I've been yeah, watching yeah. I've been watching Doom Patrol. Yes. It's kind of fallen off between seasons, but it's so good. Yes. Uh, I found one. I, I found watched... a person who also watches <laughs> Doom Patrol. I've been looking for so long. <laughs> it's everything people like claim they want out of like comic book adaptations and no one's watching. It's so maddening. Like, Brendan Fraser is giving a performance of his fucking career as a robot. So good. It's incredible. I know. It's really funny how, like, the whole setup is, oh, you know, Brendan Fraser is just a voice actor. You know, we're going to get one scene of him. Then they find an excuse to just have him on screen as himself every episode it's because, like... Great. Love if you it. have Brendan Fraser, why not? I love it. I love it. And you get Matt, you know, Matt Bonner, you know, being, like, a mummy. It's great. All... It's a great show. Yeah. I just watched the time. other two, which is... Nice. It, it's a sitcom. It's so good. 
Give it's about like the two kind of adult siblings of this kid who gets very famous overnight, like like over like releasing a song. So it's kind of like a spoof on like like Justin Bieber, kind of like more modern oh, TikTok funny. stars. But it's about like it's written by Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, who until recently were like SNL head writers. So it's it's got a lot of like SNL cast members in it. But it's just about the kind of the two more unsuccessful siblings just like making it in New York as their younger brother is an insanely huge pop star so it's so funny where's it like, available I watched, um HBO I don't know it's available in the states mm-hmm. nice nice yeah it's like 20 minute episodes I watched season one in a day oh 20 uh, minutes how did an you episode? like last night in Ooh, Soho that's nice I thought last night in Soho was like interesting because the nearly released I think it's the last weekend in October I think so. Pretty sure, yeah. At least in the US. It's, it's well directed. Like it's, it's the kind of like smart like camera work and filmmaking and stuff you'd expect from an Edgar Wright movie. But it's kind of missing the thing that made all his other films so good. Like, mm. well, not all his other films, but like his best films, like, the Cornetto trilogy, are all about watching. You know, watching these normal people kind of, actively, involved in these situations. So it's like. Like Shaun the Dead, what are we gonna do about these zombies? Hot fuzz, we need to solve a mystery. World's end, I'm very depressed. It's like <laughs> you kind of last night in Soho is very good, but it kind of loses that about the mm. first hour because it just because it's kind of like riffing on like horror movies, Jamo. it becomes yeah. much more yeah. Just about things happening to the Thomas and Mackenzie character, which mm. it's still good in its own right, but like it's kind of not what you expect from an Edgar Wright film. It becomes a, a lot more like experiential you don't kind of get into the headspace anymore but i mean obviously it's like it's really well directed and like i'm a big fan of doctor who so it was like vindicating to see matt smith on the screen again yes yes it's been it's been rough for us matt smith fans i mean if you don't watch the crown you're essentially fucked you know yeah (laughs) i did i watched the first season of the crown and it's really good but it's it takes so much of your energy because like episodes like 59 minutes and they're just people slowly talking to each other in a room for all that time yeah mm. and it's good but yeah it's not good enough to commit all that time to necessarily we love you matt smith but yeah. i'm not watching god knows how many episodes <laughs> of that show just for you yeah you're holding up a poster that says just that actually yeah it's true <laughs> um I, I like the like the <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys remember uh, the Entertainment Weekly? I know this is a bizarre thing to ask, but the B- Entertainment Weekly photo shoot of Terminator Genesis. With, yes. I, and unfortunately. It, it's one of the most horrendous things to ever happen, but it did give us Matt Smith holding a gun in a horribly framed photo and him like having his mouth open so wide that you, you didn't even think it could open that <laughs> wide and him like, like fake screaming or whatever. It's great. Mm. Um, but that's that's yeah. really the only thing Matt Smith has done in the last few years besides that and the crown those that's are his two things the fo- that photo and the crown <laughs> he, I haven't seen either of them but he did either Lost River or The Place Between the Pines and I can never remember which or am I thinking of someone else uh, he does have a very insanely like norm- like boring name so it's possible yeah mm-hmm. that's true Oh, he was in his house. He must have played a racist. Yeah. Oh, I do. Re- I do remember. Yeah, I think he did play a racist. Yeah, yeah that's, that's. No, he was good yeah. in his house. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Pride and Prejudice and um, Zombies. Remember that? 
remember yeah who's gonna pick vaguely. that yeah. um, <laughs> I, I i would say for for myself though um the invisible man from 1933 is one of my favorite things i've seen recently the effects mm-hmm. are tremendous um its story is airtight as many universal horror pictures were uh in the 30s and you know he was actually uh, invisible criteria- right that was kind of that was kind of rare yeah, yeah yeah you don't really see, you see most people so exactly like, wow. he was like invisible um, though yeah and he's like a character actor it's, too like wow that's that's what a, the invisible man is doing like to, um, yeah well it's crazy because no one talks about it that he was in star wars like 40 years later you just couldn't see true. him <laughs> it's true, right right what if, what if he was in every iconic movie but you just couldn't see him <laughs> like you know he's in the godfather no oh wait but, right. he played one of the x-wing pilots oh. okay like you just don't see it <laughs> he got blown up i guys i swear he's in do the right thing you just have to look he's red oh. six mm-hmm. you know right. <laughs> yeah if you look close enough in boogie nights you, i swear you can see him um yeah, yeah, it's just, it's great. Like, I hope to get to maybe Creature from the Black Lagoon next. Have you seen Frankenstein? Um, I have seen Frankenstein. Yeah. How, what about Bride? Yeah, it's good. Uh, no. no, no I'll Bride of Frankenstein's too, good. But... Very good. Yeah. yeah. Hot take. Um, Bride of Frankenstein. Oh. Good movie. <laughs> I don't want to keep beat, break, you know. I know. I, whoa, listen. Kind of pushing. You've the... already alienated our Jersey audience. Right. I don't think. Um, let's slow down. Um. But yeah, I I haven't seen Dracula. Like I should see that one. I haven't seen that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Yeah, but The Invisible Man is good, and the remake is good too. Yeah, remake's good. That we'll definitely cover that at some point, right? Or no, wait, did that come out? Twenty twenty. Yeah, that's twenty twenty. Oh man, that was right before the pandemic. That year robbed everything from us. Mm. Robbed us from talking, being able to talk about The Invisible Man on this podcast. Well, we can still talk about Upgrade though. So you know. You win some, you lose this is, some. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you definitely win some with uh, with upgrade. You, hey, we upgraded. Oh, yeah. all right. Um, oh God. Yeah, but before we go into our basement, let's. It's ask more of a cellar. How? It's more you, of a cellar. Oh, yes, that's. It's a bunker. Yeah, yeah that was generous. Yeah. Guy, how did you get into movies? What was the thing that made you love cinema? Um. It's not a very interesting story. It's just that, like. Because, I mean, I grew up in a relatively small town, so kind of there mm. was no like cin- like we have a chain cinema, but it didn't often get the indie films unless like they'd been nominated for an Oscar or mm. or like Hugh Grant was in them. <laughs> so when I was like fifteen, sixteen, well, when I was choosing my subjects for sixth form, which is like after secondary school but before university, and my my sixth form offered film, and I'd I'd always been someone who'd like, you know that's an interesting looking film on the TV, I'll watch that. Or like, when I was like 13, 14, I tried to make these very unimpressive, like, short films, kind of comedy sketches with like a personal digital camera. So it was basically just getting to do that for two years at sixth form instead of doing like science or maths or anything that would like make my brain bigger. Right. So, and then it was basically just a process of like, when I was like 16, 17, I was getting into film, but I was kind of, I was kind of doing a lot of like, realizing how much stuff I'd missed. Like, so it was a process of kind of, I don't know, just realizing how late I was at about that age and just, and then because it was sixth form and, you know, immediately after that you have to choose university, I'd kind of, 
I kind of realized how much I love film and like committed myself to it at that point and and now here I am. Right. So it's it it was just like I was you know I was a teenager. I think the first kind of films I remember seeing were like like Birdman, Grand Budapest Hotel, which we talked about before we started recording stuff like that. And then it was, I think it was like the 2016, 2015, 2016 Oscar season that like really like lodged in my brain that, you know, this is a thing. This is what I want to be doing. Right. Mm. So I remember seeing La La Land at the cinema, which I know was a couple of years after this, but it was like, it was just a, oh my God. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page then. Like we, we, I can relate to that. That whole thing. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's not a very interesting story. I didn't kind of you know, meet Steven Spielberg one night in a bar. But never say never, right. I guess. If they make your biopic, we can adjust that to, to make it Yeah, so exactly. That, that, that'll be, yeah. That, that does be, happen. Yeah, I think we'll, yeah. we'll do that. Revisionist history, schmistry. You know? Schmistry. Yeah, also, you know, like, my, my dad worked in movies. Whatever. His name was, like, Francis Ford Coppola. Or something. <laughs> sure. you know, sure. Didn't know the guy, but it would make a great buy. I think it would be great. Yeah, you're the other Coppola kid. Yeah, you're... Yeah, Nicolas Cage makes a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Written by Jason Schwartz. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. What a family. What a... I, I know, like, it. everyone loves that fun fact. You know Nicolas Cage is related to Ford Coppola, but it's all... But, like... But if you actually look at it, like, on the surface, it is kind of fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Sofia Coppola, Jason Schwartz, and Nicolas Cage are all of the same bloodline. Or, mm-hmm. so to speak. I don't know. Maybe there's... Yeah, there's like, there's someone else that that's, like, vaguely related. I can't think of who. Um, oh, Guy, obviously. It was Guy. <laughs> right, oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I forgot that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I don't have any Oscars, so I don't get to go to the family reunion. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, like when everyone is taking family pictures, like with their Oscars. Right, right. Everyone has like an you, have, yeah. you have none to. If you have like a golden globe, they just kind of throw rocks at you. Right, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, Jason Schwartzman doesn't have. Uh, well, and he gets That's how his. I find out about the rocks. Yeah, he, get, he gets the rocks then. Yeah, he gets the rocks. <laughs> and Sophia Coppola yeah, directed on one, the rocks. Uh, so. Hey, hey, yeah. That was like an inside joke with the family, apparently. Ah, I knew it. Yeah, I always, I had a feeling. Yeah. I had a feeling. Um, so, how, so what was your, describe us your experience with the f- motion picture 10 Cloverfield Blank. Well, I mean, like, what's, what's your experience with Cloverfield? <laughs> Just like. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I oh, think, what? I think I'd seen Cloverfield first because. I think I saw it at someone's house, like, kind of a year before we went to see Ten Cloverfield Lane. And, you know, I... I didn't really, like, love it or anything. I thought it was kind of interesting, and you know, I'd never seen a film that that was kind of, like... Sh- like, a big blockbuster story, but it was, like, the kind of fan footage thing. But then, Ten Cloverfield Lane, I was 16 or 17. I'm sorry, I'm really bad at numbers. You're going to keep hearing that. But... <laughs> uh, so, I was... I was also really into like Marvel stuff at the time, so I was very enamored by the concept of the shared universe thing. Right. So I was like, "Oh my god, you know, what's it gonna do? What's it gonna be?" And so I went to see it when it came out, as you do. <laughs> and I really liked. You paid it, for your ticket. Really you got your snacks. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then I sat down and sat they down. put the whole film on a screen in front of me. It was incredible. <laughs> then it ended, which, you know, not such a fan did, of. Did the lights come down and then they, the lights were turned back on again? And then everybody walked they out? They did. Were you there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Um, did that thing happen when you walk in? It was daytime, but then when you walk out, it's nighttime? Yes, <laughs> like, about two hours go? had passed when I left. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, yeah. I don't really have like again like an interesting story of how I saw this because I just, you know, I thought it, I went to see it at the cinema. Right. But the thing that was the reason I was kind of excited for it is because Dan Trachtenberg, basically the only thing he'd directed before this, was a short film based on Portal. That's so right. I was like, that's I was very irritating to my friends all the way after the film. That oh my god, do you see he was he was you know that was kind of Portal that was. He did that on purpose. She's trapped in a cell. And, you know, her name, I was convinced. Like, did you ta- did you tap your friends on the shoulder? That's the portal. 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 But like, I was very enamored by that fact. Well, the, the thing that you know, I remember at the time that people didn't get on with was the ending. But I completely believe you couldn't have ended it any other way. Mm. Right. That, you know, oh, there are aliens, but of course there are aliens. They said they are aliens. <laughs> I would have asked for my ticket for my money back. Right. They weren't aliens. <laughs> I was promised fucking aliens, and I got them. What else yeah. did you want? Yeah. Um, you know, because the one thing they tell you is that John Goodman is a very trustworthy character. That's right. <laughs> and if he says there might be aliens, I'm gonna believe him. Um, He's a very yeah. chill and understanding. Super person. chill guy. Yeah, Super well, chill guy. Yeah. Um, what, what, like, what stood out, though? What made you go, like, holy shit, like, what a movie? Like, because, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, we all have, like, movies, like, when we watch it, they're like, yeah, that was great. But some that stick around, like, because when I asked you, hey, like, what are some movies that you would be interested in talking about, and this being one of them, what, what kept it being so relevant in your mind for you to be, to be like, yeah, no, 10 Cloverfield Lane, one of those movies I want to talk about? I think it's so interesting because it's it's like, you know, if you ignore all the Cloverfield stuff and the ending, it's just like a very kind of grounded drama about like very real things, mm-hmm. and the way it then ties all that back into the the sci-fi nonsense, and the the aliens and you know the the fact that it may or may not belong to some grander plan, I found that really interesting because it's it's an approach to like genre films you don't generally see where it's. It's entirely like built around the emotion of the central story, and then it's, oh, by the way, you've waited an hour and forty minutes. Here are some aliens as well. That's right. <laughs> I think, and I do also like it's a really good story. Like the whole thing about, you know, how she's a character who kind of hadn't been able to, you know, be proactive, like make decisions to help other people, mm-hmm. and it it uses like it's it's a really simple story, but it's just it ties it into so much more interesting, so much bigger. So ideas that are so much bigger and I don't know it just kind of stuck with me because I think when I was however old I was I'm going to stop guessing at numbers <laughs> uh, when I was I'm when I was I'm 40 when it came out I'm 80, like 5 years old on my 99th birthday yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in because I was 4 but right. then I turned 7 right, so it right, was fine right, right. Uh, I don't know it just stuck with me because it was like it's a really good story like it's about you know, it's about kind of abuse and like, like unlearning other people's idea of yourself or of yourself. But then it's also just a good sci-fi story. 
Right. Yes. Is I guess why it stuck with me. Yeah. Right. It's the combination of the two. That, yeah. yeah. Also has a very interesting development process that we'll that probably get into. Yes. But yes, we'll get into. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to share your? Oh yeah, I'll go. Um. So. Because yeah, you you've you've I've you're more, uh, you have better history than I do. So. Well, so I saw Ten Cloverfield Lane in the cinemas with my mom. Um, I was like, this movie I hear is good. And this was at the time, like 2016 prime time of me being like, I need to see movies. If there's a movie in a theater, I got to watch it. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, like I was, yeah, I was like, that was like the real, like everything was going, everything was in motion. I was in rhythm of like my obsession and my connection to film. Um, it wasn't me like slowly getting into it or like, it wasn't me at the beginning. It was me right in the middle. Um, and so, yeah, I just was like, I get, it got good reviews. The trailer looks interesting. Um, the, I, the whole development of the whole thing is fascinating with, you know, Dan Krakenberg comes from a short film that's very acclaimed. And then he makes his feature that is from this script that wasn't necessarily connected to, Cloverfield, and they reworked it, and it's a bad robot. The seller, I think that's what it was called. And people were, and like Mm -hmm. 2016 was a time where like JJ was back. It was like you know we were all buying Mm. into his shit again after because it was after Force Awakens, bad robot post into darkness in Super Eight, right? Bad, but like bad robot is also hitting on all cylinders because they produced um, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, um, and all. I mean, all of them after. Yeah, it's true, but like. But, like, 2016 was a time where, like, well, actually, J.J. might be good again, and Bad Robot might be, like, a trustworthy company in the sense of, like, quality control or whatever. Um, and so, it, yeah, so I was like, okay, cool. And I went to go see it, and one, and I just remember it being, like, one of the more tense films I've ever seen in a theater. Like, I couldn't breathe at some points. I was, like, so shell-shocked. And the theater was, like, really loud. I forgot if I saw, it like, an IMAX or something. I doubt it would be an IMAX, but I don't know, maybe... And I, it just was, for, one, for some reason, I just keep, always remember that it was just really loud. Um, I don't know if that was, mm-hmm. like, on purpose or that was my theater just having some audio issues or whatever. But it was pretty compelling, couldn't breathe. Was My mom was also, like, really tense throughout and got really, like, you know, pretty captivated and stuff. And the theater was really into it, too. I just remember, like... Or just a pretty great theater experience of just being in that theater, like not breathing for an hour and 40 minutes and then just leaving, like feeling like, oh my God, my heart just stopped. Because it's just such a, it's such a tense economical thriller. Um, and I think it's economy was also what struck out to me when I watched it for the first time. I'm like, you could just make a movie that tight, you know, hour and 40 minutes, does everything it needs to do, but then gets the hell out. What a film. Um... <laughs> House didn't have any bottle episodes. It's right. No, it's true. It's true. It wasn't. Yeah, I've only watched House at that point. That was actually. I lied. I wasn't getting into movies. Anything I watched before that movie was just House on repeat. Yeah, you just put in context of House. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed, some TV shows are movies. It's true. So maybe each episode of House is a movie itself. Of course, true. And no, it's true. Is House cinema? Is what we're boy? Wouldn't that be a take? I. My triumphant return to Twitter is like, you know, I think House actually movies. Yeah. 
Um, Guys, I solved it. I needed a break for this reason. Right, exactly. I had to go back in the mind palace and figure this out. Um, Come back with a full like graduate thesis. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Make it into a video. Like, I have written out. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, and so I and I didn't watch Cloverfield at that point. I, I The first time I watched the first Cloverfield was legitimately a week ago. Like, I never watched... I've never wow. seen... I never saw the first Cloverfield before watching that. And, no, and none of the reviews and no one talking about it, it sounded like I needed to either. Which, obviously, if, if you've oh, seen the movie, you realize you don't because there's no real aliens in that fucking movie. That's the, that's the mm. crazy thing when you watch when you watch Cloverfield after 10 Cloverfield Lane is like, there's real no connection to this shit. Like the, there's yeah. no ships that look similar. The creatures don't look anything alike the actual Cloverfield monster. Like there's no, right. like act, there's literally no real connection. So it is so funny to find out like, Oh yeah, we reworked it to connect it. The only connection there really is, is that it, they're both called Cloverfield. That's the o- really the yeah. only thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And people act... And it, it's so it's so funny. And then, of course, um, preparing for this podcast, I also read... I Wikipedia'd the plot of Cloverfield Paradox because there's no fucking way I was going to watch that movie. Like, there's just no way. Mm. Um, yeah. And, I, I saw it day one. You mm. On Super Bowl Sunday. The Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. think next morning because it dropped at, like, midnight. Here. That's right. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like... The end of that film is basically them apologizing for the first two Cloverfield films not tying together in any way because it's it's like a multiverse film. Yeah. So the ending is like, oh my god, we're we're sending monsters all throughout the multiverse, right. including aliens to Ten Cloverfield Lane, and then this one monster in Cloverfield, which they needed to apologize for or not apologize, make up for because the setup of Cloverfield is that the monster under the ocean was woken up by mining. Yeah, so the real the, story... the final shot is real like nuanced and subdued. I'll say. Yeah. yeah. So then, Cloverfield Paradox is like, uh, yeah, we accidentally sent the monster to uh, the first Cloverfield movie, but don't worry, it's underground and it's still sleeping until it gets woken up for that movie. So they right. they really want you to believe it's all planned. But out. also, like in the past, so it also the time travels because of the particle accelerator or whatever they call it. It's the particle accelerator. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, that's what I. That's what I think it is. Um, I fe- and so you and, and just just to like remind myself, you didn't see the original because you were like, oh, I guess I don't need to see it. Just oh yeah, no, yeah, that and also I don't know. I was never sold on it. I mean, it was like found footage. I'm like, all right, cool. You never see the monster. That kind of that sounds like it kind of sucks. Then okay, whatever. Yeah. And then, but like. I don't know, but when I was preparing for this, I watched the I watched the first one. I'm like, no, this fucking rules. What are you guys it talking rules. about? It rules. No, it rules. This is great. It kind of whips. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. awesome. Like it like holds up scarily well. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like great. It, it it's really well made, yeah. and it's like it like you know we just did. It is so funny that we really like again. Coincidental city is we did the Blair Witch remake right before Population Us. Right, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Um, but there's yeah we did the uh remake of the Blair Witch the Adam Wingard one and you know we all in that entire episode we talked about found footage and like basically the wrong ways to make a found footage film especially if you're like uh, if you're remaking like such an acclaimed one like the Blair Witch Project and so like watching Cloverfield after we had that like in like pretty intense discussion and like thorough discussion a three hour long fucking discussion about found footage um (laughs) 
we it was really it was actually really interesting to watch it because I'm like oh yeah this is like the, all the reasons we talked about this is why this movie's good it's like because it like uses the right. format to its advantage and it doesn't like and it doesn't it also has one camera instead of fucking eight which is just <laughs> I, I honestly was I realized how much I like really had a problem with that whole fucking movie the thing about the one camera is that it's held by T.J. Miller, and I want to know how you felt Thank about Thank you. That. I actually, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. I almost wanted to, I didn't write a letterbox review, but I almost wanted to write, this is, it's shocking that T.J. Miller doesn't ruin this movie. It's. <laughs> right, right. And that's, that's sort of what blew him up a little bit before. Had to like, be. What else Valley was there? And, yeah, like, well, no, I just, I just know that's what he was, at least that's what he was famous for. Right, I'm not right, sure right, if it was right. the first role. That and him being like um, a comedian, which is, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, no, so I was like, I was kind of shocked because I'm like, he easily could have ruined this movie. And if you, and honestly, I didn't know he was in that movie until I was watching it and I saw TJ Miller. And I'm like, mm. oh no, <laughs> oh no. And he's in a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he's yeah. not bad, actually. He's like, fine. I mean, he's not like, I think he. And, and I think it's because he's an unknown. Right. Then yeah. it kind of helps. If they made it five years later, every other line mm. he had would be, this is like. That looks like a, a dinosaur fucked a power line. He'd say that thirty times. That's true. That's true. Right. He'd just be right. TJ Miller Can you from shut Deadpool. Shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. That's all he'd be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. No, but good. But movie. For, for myself, I, uh, um, I felt like I've seen these movies before. Right. Even though I had never seen them, and I think that's what kind of repelled me. Um. Not that I wasn't interested, but because I knew so much going in. Yeah, um, but like honestly, that applies to all three. Right. And I did see Paradox, um, mm-hmm. because I. You know, we're not getting paid for this, right? Was bored. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to do that. No. But I mean, I, no. No. It's it's not good. Um, it's it, there's there's a lot wrong with the movie and. Uh, it's a, it's just a fascinating object. Like if we want to get paradox talk out of the way, I guess it's mm-hmm. just you know there's there, I don't know if I see anything else like it happening, but the fact that it did happen, it's like it was just something that needed to be released, and they wanted to do it in in sort of an unorthodox way. But but no, I, I always remembered Cloverfield being a big deal. Like, it was something that wasn't really divisive, and, and like, everyone can kind of rally around how good it was mm-hmm. um, ever since 2008. Um, and it was kind of no different with Cloverfield Lane, that this was this was something that, you know, there's kind of a bit of, like, Oscar talk around John Goodman. I remember that pretty well, and it's like, uh, this one performance in, like, a really tiny genre movie go all the way and, like, sneak in mm-hmm. a supporting actor. But even though... At the time when this came out, like the um, 2015 Oscars that just happened, um, but no, and, and it's just like really, really well celebrated, and this this piece that Trachtenberg, uh, who was like courted by J.J. Abrams, and and you thought like that would be the future of the franchise, like filmmakers coming in and making their small little yeah. genre pieces, and, um, but I just did, I had no idea that this was like a multiverse situation of the Cloverfield monsters. I, I was under the impression, I think the impression a lot of people were walking into it, um, what I saw with Guy, obviously. <laughs> um, 
yeah. that this was happening simultaneously to um, the first movie. It's just like, oh yeah, and this was like, you know, it was like the outskirts of New but York. It, City, right? uh, but, but it like, and and I think what caught what when I realized it wasn't going to be is the is actually Michelle's phone because the clear that is clearly not a 2008 cell phone. Um, yeah, and Matt Reeves has talked about an idea for a sequel that I think we all imagined and maybe was a sequel in 2008 rather than eight years later. Um, that moment on the Brooklyn Bridge in the original when the camera pans around and you see someone else recording the uh, the ferry, I think it is, on fire, and then the camera pans around once more and it's the headless Statue of Liberty and then like the guy continues walking and Reeves was talking about how that's like a separate movie happening while we're watching the one story happen that one night. And that's the idea that I think we were all in, under Yeah. when Cloverfield Lane came out. I think T- they are still making that movie. Like, they're making a proper Cloverfield 2. Hmm. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, interesting. Like, but that's, that seems like... the of doing a universe. Right. And the thing is, with the uh, quote-unquote Cloverfield 2, like, proper straight sequel, like, that whole development process is so interesting because it's like... It was written by Drew Goddard, right? It was Drew Goddard, right? It was written by Drew Goddard, directed yep. by Matt Reeves, and produced by J.J. Abrams. And those were the big three. That's like the core. Yeah, those right. were the guys who were like, they, if they're, uh, if a Cloverfield 2 is going to happen, it has to happen for those three guys. At least that was the mm-hmm. mindset for a while, apparently. And all of them, of course, after 2008, were insanely busy. You know, Matt Reeves was making mm-hmm. Let Them In or whatever. Let Me In. Drew Goddard and... has written, I think, every Hollywood script. Cabin in the Woods. I think he wrote right. yeah, every Hollywood like script after 2000. <laughs> or at least was tapped to potentially write every Hollywood right. script. Any yeah. franchise you've like ever... 400 Spider-Man projects. Exactly. He, did, yeah. he wrote <laughs> yes. 20 Spider-Man projects, actually. Produced 50 <laughs> TV shows and wrote about 1,000 <laughs> movies. Um, yeah. But like, and of course, J.J. Abrams was doing, oh, about 2008, he was doing Star Trek, Bad Robot was in full swing. So it's like, apparently the whole reason... Still trying to open that mystery box? <laughs> yeah, right. The mystery box. We got to figure it out. Um, but that whole, the whole, like, they were all... Su- it's kind of a low blow in 2021, but you know. Yeah, fuck him. He made Rise of Skywalker. We can say whatever the fuck we want about him. Um, nah, I'm joking, kind of. Uh, yeah, I don't mind JJ. I'm one of those people who was like, yeah, it's JJ. Who cares? No, I mean the thing about JJ is like, I think he's a sweetheart. Yeah, you know, he's, he's always cool. come across as like super passionate and creative. Yeah. You're not wrong. Rise of Skywalker sucks, but it's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know, what are you gonna do? I like yeah. I like Force Awakens. I like his movies. most of the time, mm-hmm. I think Super Eight kind of rules. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like. Yeah, so it, it, it's really interesting that, like, really the only reason those, this Cloverfield 2 didn't happen was because, oh, they were busy. They were really busy. And now it is happening, but it doesn't sound like Goddard's involved. It doesn't sound like Matt Reeves is involved. But J.J. is just, like, when he was when he was promoting Paradox, he's like, you know what, guys? We're actually going to make a sequel to it. I know I've been saying we've been busy, but I guess I kind of lied since I'm not that busy anymore. And also, I'm not doing with Goddard and Reeves. I mean, he hasn't said that explicitly, but it sounds like there's no mention of them and uh, anymore. Like they were like, in the, and any time Matt Reeves was interviewed about, it, he's like, "Yeah, we're just really busy. We're just really busy." And now no one's even asking Matt Reeves about that anymore because I mean, he's doing the Batman and stuff, so mm. who cares? But like yeah. Goddard, I don't even know where Drew Goddard is. I think he might be dead. Like I think he might be buried <laughs> with Mark Webb. 
in a ditch. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> was that on mic when we talked about 500 Days of Summer? No. It wasn't. All right. Well, I don't think so. I made a joke about how Mark right. Webb was it was killed by Sony, so everyone laugh at that, and then we'll move on. <laughs> um, but Right. We were versed time. Exactly. Like we're we're going to do a Cloverfield paradox yeah. and like go into... I, still, I read that Wikipedia, and I still don't really understand what happened to that movie. Um, I don't think anyone did. But, like... Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, and now, so yeah, it sounds like they're. I making... think that definitely reading the Wikipedia makes more sense than watching it mm, okay. at the very least. So it, yeah. but it does sound like they're making a straight sequel to it. But also, it doesn't say if it's going to be found footage or not. And it also, at one yeah. point, Reeves said it like his idea wouldn't it wouldn't be found footage. And then his other idea was like, oh, what if we ta- ta- looked at that guy, the Brooklyn Bridge? It's like one of those things. It's where it's where you could just tell that no one really had an idea of what the sequel would be, and that's probably why they didn't do it. It was because they like I, I bet if they, it was really popular and they really wanted to do it and they really had an idea, I bet they would have made time. But I legit don't think they had an idea, so they're like, I guess we're too busy. <laughs> like I, I got this other thing yeah. to do, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I gotta clean my house. Right, like, exactly. Like, I gotta brush related. my hair. That's yeah. gonna take at least five weeks. So yeah. <laughs> uh, my my car needs to wash. Right, exactly. Like, and I have to do it. I know I'm a millionaire, but like, I have to wash my car. Um, <laughs> Just write the sequel. Right, exactly. <laughs> we want it. <laughs> and, it and it's really interesting because like JJ sounds so uninterested. Like right after it comes out, any question he's like, ah, eh, sequel. Who needs them? And it's just like, are you what? What happened, JJ? <laughs> like now, yeah. and then like par- and then the moment he sees the script for Paradox, he's like, "We gotta make a Cloverfield. Like, we gotta, we gotta make a Cloverfield. That has to be a Cloverfield exactly. movie." Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it's it's comparing it to uh, Blair Witch again, that you can slap on the name Cloverfield, and it kind of adds nothing. Right. And, and mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and there is also a stretchy witch woman in the Cloverfield Paradox, if you didn't know. <laughs> and Dan Trachenberg was asked in an interview with, I think, Blade Disgusting, or they're like, yeah, what what do you make of the name Cloverfield being in the movie if it's not related to the events of the first one? And, he's, and he gives kind of like a bullshit answer. I kind of forget. It's like, um, oh, it's in the realm what it is. or whatever. Yeah, like, right. It's a yeah, whole right, thing. Right. Oh, he called it the Cloververse. I remember this. He called yes. it the Cloververse, yes. and I legitimately, and I have nothing against Dan Trachtenberg, but I legitimately wanted to slap him, yeah. slap him across. He's a good head. interview. Yeah. The clo- anyone who uses the word Cloververse, Cloververse without any irony, <laughs> needs to be like put in timeout. Well, I guess what would you what would you call it then? I, but the way he was like, well, I but at this point, like this is before Paradox. I can maybe understand calling it the Cloververse after Paradox, but this is just like he's just making like an anthology sequel, and they're in that he's treating it like it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or like the Cloververse. It's like, bro, it's two movies. Calm <laughs> right. down. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this like huge like like history of Cloverfield and like it's just stretched across decades and it's like it's two movies that and the second one isn't really even like connected it's um obviously it's not the Zapruder film I I feel like people most I feel like most people know this by now but it's this was like the 10 Cloverfield Lane was based on a script called The Cellar um I think it was on the blacklist for a while and um eventually got bought and then like I, I kind of forget basically, but like in, in in some, I think there was some other there was some someone else also attached to direct it before Schachtenberg. I forget. Damien Chazelle. Oh, and that's why he wrote and he wrote this he wrote, co-wrote the script. Yeah. Right. He has a story credit. Right. Yeah. Which is which would mm-hmm. be a different movie because obviously because that was before 
he got funding for Whiplash. Right, and, and obviously John Good, if Dan, Damien Chazelle uh, directed it, obviously John Goodman would have been a jazz musician. But that's another, like you know. <laughs> oh my God, that's such a. <laughs> Am I At wrong? least you'll have like a pretty sweet like line of sangria in cinematography. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, so it's like, and and it was reworked to become the um, to Clover, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Then after Paradox, people were, and Paradox followed almost the same exact structure, but it was called the God God, God Particle. I think it was also on the blacklist. They bought it. They reworked it at the end. And it's like it's so interesting. Like now you're you just expect. And there was this whole point, I think I've talked about this, where every Bad Robot production was like, is this a Cloverfield sequel? <laughs> like, it was so, right. it became such a meme after 2018, where it's just like, is this mm-hmm. secretly Cloverfield? Um, I think it was yeah. Overlord that people yes. were fully convinced right until yes. it released that was going to be a Cloverfield good. movie. Yeah. I, I feel mm-hmm. like I told this story That's already. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've already told the story already. I think I actually even told it on last episode, but I'll just tell it again because I'm a, I like to repeat myself. Um, I was uh, working for a movie movie survey company. We would show trailers, or like a marketing research, I guess would be a better way to put it. I was a marketing research company, and we would show trailers to people in a theater, um, like in a kiosk in the middle of the theater. Like, hey, watch this unfinished trailer. Tell us what you think. And for the Overload one, one of the questions after we showed them the trailer was, do you think this is a sequel to Cloverfield? And I thought that was confirmation <laughs> that it was. But also, I'm just imagining, like, do people even know what the fuck that is? Like, like Joe Schmo, who's just here to see, like, Avengers 27, is, like, going to think, oh, Cloverfield, yes, the, Clover- the Cloververse, as Dan Trachtenberg once called it. Um, but, yeah, no, that, was, that it was interesting, because it's just, like, um, and, I, at, and at the yeah. time, I was telling people, it must be Cloverfield-related, guys. I have inside knowledge, because why else would they ask that question? And then, obviously, it wasn't. I'm just like, I'm an idiot. Caught Sorry. <laughs> Guys, Overlord, it's actually a Cloverfield movie. Right. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. And, I mean, honestly, at that point, it's like, who, like, it, since that particle accelerator thing in in uh, Paradox, it's like, apparently that's affected all time streams and all Earths. So, fuck it. It could, like, it, I guess it, like, in, it with that logic, it could be fucking, like, you know, Cloverfield movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about calling it the Cloververse is that it has one more movie than the average like cinematic universe in Hollywood. <laughs> it's true. I think it's, it's more deserving of Cloververse than Dark Universe is, or than the Mummy is of the Dark Universe. And right. R.I.P. Even the Godzilla the Dark King universe. Kong universe. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. the Dark Universe. We, we miss you. But I mean, it, like, throwing Cloverfield onto a movie was just... JJ, I believe, just trying to get a little bit more financially successful, even if they did have intentions to somehow connect. Them. Yeah, um, and and I guess that was that sort of worked, right? Like, well, yeah, I mean, it worked for Ten Cloverfield Lane for sure, like, and and that was also, yeah. I think, the screenwriter for God Particle, the original script before Paradox. I think he either them or the director. Who directed that were asked basically Julia Sona. Yeah, basically asked because I, I I remember this after uh, last episode. <laughs> right, he was basically asked, yeah, maker, yeah. or one of them, I forget. It was the screenwriter director was asked, well, why is it a Cloverfield movie? It's like, eh, and and they gave like a pretty legitimate answer. It's like, you know, how many like independent sci-fi films based on like some pretty heavy material are gonna get financing mm-hmm. without like having a connection to a universe? Which is a depressing yeah. ass fucking statement. 
but was kind of right. true. Yeah. But I don't think that movie was at all... Like, I honestly, I think the only reason that movie exists, and again, we talked about this already, because of that marketing strategy, which I can only imagine the person at Netflix who suggested that, I, he had to have gotten, like, I don't know, like, all of the massages he's ever wanted. Like, all, like, basically every perk known to <laughs> yeah. man. Like, he's actually crowned a king of, it, of Netflix <laughs> when he suggested that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, when I went back and <laughs> tried to watch Paradox, I was reminded that, that it's from the filmmaker of Loose, which is a movie I kind of like. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like, it, Loose is actually kind of a nice rebound. Great bounce back. Something like that. That's a, the, that doesn't happen the, uh, that often. Following year. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. usually that kind of... You would think that something as as big of a failure as Paradox, you'd be thrown in a director's shell and the key's locked away. Right, exactly. You would think yeah. that they that that's the yeah. end of their career. They would now direct television. Mm-hmm. They would direct, like, five episodes of Queen Latifah's The Equalizer, or whatever. And no offense... This is basically what has... This is basically or, or five episodes of The that, Other Two. The other, mm-hmm. oh, oh, hey, The Other Two doesn't yeah, deserve yeah, that. Yeah. I think, like, since... since trying to do a callback! Ten Clover, <laughs> since Ten Cloverfield Lane, like, Dan Trachtenberg has done the pilot of The Boys and a Black Mirror episode, and, like... Yes. Very little else... So that's kind of exactly Which, what happened to him. Dan Trachtenberg's episode of Black Mirror is excellent. Which one is that? Is it season like always, three or It's two? the Wyatt Russell one. It's, it's the future of video games. Yeah, it's called Playtest, where it's essentially like uh, video games acting as like a simulation of your own memory. Which se- which season? Yeah. But it's season three. Okay. I love Wyatt. I, I love Wyatt Russell, so this is good to know. Hmm. No, yeah. I mean, up until season... F- I, those first four uh, Black Mirror seasons are pretty pretty great. Um, the boys' pilot is good as well. So it's like, at least it, it's... Mm. You know, it's one of those things where, like, yeah. it, like when the TV that, like, directors who are kind of lost in translation, like the, like the television the director is, like, some CBS show or whatever, that's kind of, like, fine. And you're, you're glad to see at least he's directing, like, good things. Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be around. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is he making was... uh, a Predator movie. Do you guys know this? Stop it. Oh. Stop. No, this is a joke. No, he's making this a, is a it's, it's done. Oh, it's in okay. post-production. Oh. It actually sounds pretty good, too. It, it so, it's, oh. it's basically about how the Predator, um, like, like, years and years and years, like, I don't know, like, a hundred years before the original... Like the predator lands in like indigenous America, like either before or right after Columbus has has quote unquote invaded America, um, basically. But like it, he finds this like and he and the predator fights this indigenous in this indigenous tribe, this indigenous tribe or whatever. And it's and you know like it, and apparently you know he's not like whitewashing it. He's casting like native actors and stuff like that. So it's I don't know. It could be interesting. I believe you, but this really does sound like a fake movie. Of course it is, and it's in the right. pro- and it's called right now Skull. It's not. I don't think it's called Predator yet, Stop but it. it's a Predator movie. But it's called Skull. I hate it. <laughs> Did you know this guy? When you said he was doing Predator, I felt like I'd heard that, but then then when you started describing it, it sounded fake, and then I looked it up, and it was real. So mm-hmm. that was a roller coaster. Yep. But... And it's done. It's made. It's, it it, it yeah. was filmed, baby. It's 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 coming. 
And it's in the can. And at least that, and that sounds was... more interesting. And I love Shane Black. I mean, well, love maybe is a strong term, but I like Shane Black a lot. And and but even but even this sounds much better in like idea wise than whatever the fuck he made. Like you know, mm-hmm. like this doesn't feel like a legacy. Se- you know, it's the thing is like at least this isn't this isn't like Ghostbusters Afterlife or whatever. It's not like finding art <laughs> old Arnold's kid or whatever. And being like, you have a legacy yeah, to right, kill right. predators, you like or whatever. It's not going to erase every sequel except for the good right, ones, exactly. right? I mean, no. yeah. I don't. Well, honestly, I don't know. Like, it could be anything. Like, it. it it's so. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe it'll connect to uh, uh, Paul Anderson's uh, Alien versus Predator, <laughs> which is good, by the way. People people like to shit on those. I haven't seen the sequel to Alien vs Predator, but the first Paul An- the Paul Anderson one is actually good. Hmm. I think at one point Dan Trachtenberg was attached to do the the Uncharted yes. movie, but that film has had roughly yes. like tender. I was actually attached at one point. I was well. actually. Oh yeah, see, yeah. we're both were. Oh wow! Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. I didn't agree with the Mark Wahlberg casting, so I was pushed out. But you know. do we know that movie is coming? It's out done. Next it was filmed, year? dude. It was yeah. filmed. It's filmed. A, Ruben Fleischer, oh. Venom director himself, right. has your favorite director of yeah, all time, right, of course, yes. uh, has made that movie. Yeah. It is happening. It's with Tom Holland and um, in Mark Marky Mark, Marky Mark, yeah. and an interesting actor who plays the villain, but I cannot remember. It's like Antonio Banderas or something. Is it Antonio Banderas? Wow, really. Oh, I'm gonna like lose my mind if I get this right. <laughs> yes, it is. Like I'm it. awesome. I think the movie... I'm a cool guy. Oh. I'm a cool guy oh, wow. who does cool things because I got it right. It is Antonio Banderas. Yeah, that movie is gonna suck. Yeah, we didn't doubt you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he he also like has kind of the gone the Drew Goddard effect of being attached to so many movies that do not exist. Like I bet he, I I re- I feel like he's been attached to at least one comic book property after after yeah. Frank Cloverfield Lane. Um, but yeah, he's, so he's been MIA. Yeah. But Skull. But he's only directed good things. Skull. I guess. You know, what if there's a Skull? Yeah. <laughs> what if there's a Skull? Sometimes there's many Skulls. Me- yeah. And if, you know, the Predator's involved, probably is. Mm-hmm. Good, old, good old Preddy. Predator. Um... I think the missed opportunity with Cloverfield is that there's there's no room to do legacy sequels because none of it's tied together. Right. We don't mm. get to see like Finn Wolfhard and Kian and Shipka discover <laughs> Ten Cloverfield Lane fifty years down the line, and like. And you like meet a, a grizzled John Gallagher Jr. <laughs> yeah. Or wait, well you can't. Yeah, right. Oh god. That sounds so be real. Very, yeah. very grizzled. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Grizzled to the bone. What if they did make a legacy right. sequel and they, they like go down and they just find like John Gallagher Jr. but like his head like split open because he was shot. Like right. his brains all that so real, his though. brains yeah. all over yeah. like the like just like some gruesome shit and they find like like burned alive and burned alive John uh, John Goodman and just like go full body horror and mm-hmm. just like yeah it's John Gallagher Jr. He got his brains blown out. <laughs> Right. I mean, he's someone that's disappeared. He'd probably turn up to play himself dead. Absolutely. And he got melted in acid in that movie. But right. like, yeah, continuity yeah. is a lie. It's true. So yeah. Oh, that's right. Because he did get d- dissolved. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, it was a real tragedy. Real tragedy. He was in underwater apparently. Yeah, that sucks. John John Gallagher Jr. I feel like who doesn't like him? 
Is anyone out on? We him? talked about him a few times on Short Term Twelve. Yeah, and Margaret. He's like good. Yeah. Is there like are people like annoyed with him yeah. now? No, he's always reliable. No, no. I mean, I didn't think so. John Goodman and Mary Winstead call him a sweetheart. I mean, he he was yeah. in uh, Peppermint. Uh, Jennifer Garner's yeah. racially insensitive action movie Peppermint. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. And then was in the best of enemies, the Taraji B. Henson, Sam Rockwell uh, racism movie. Oh. oh he was yeah. I forget, He was in Miseducation of Cameron Post. He was good in that. Mm-hmm. But that was like, I guess, before I he disappeared. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. He, like, he, was in West, he was in Westworld for four episodes, apparently. So was he? I I watched Westworld. <laughs> Wait, season three. He was someone's boyfriend, I think. Season three. Okay, I liked season three. I do vaguely remember that, but he doesn't have a beard, yeah. so. Oh, uh, so was it really him then? It's the thing. It's like you know, yeah, if like, if a tree falls over in the woods Jr. and no one's there to hear it, did it really fall? If John Gallagher's in a movie and he doesn't have a beard, is he really in the movie? Yeah. Mm. See, the weird thing I remember about seeing 10 Cloverfield Lane is I don't know if it was exactly the same year but that was around the time that I learned Emmett was a name because this and I think the Lego movie had released in short proximity and that had opened my mind okay it was two years apart but like you know you discovered a new name yeah Emmett was a real name and not something they made up for the Lego movie that I believe the Lego movie was 2014 yeah it was that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard Oh my god! It's like, yeah, that's you, really you good. Don't, you don't meet people called M no. in the UK. It's a very like <laughs> not here either. American name, I guess. Yeah. Jack and John Goodman introduce introduces um, Emmett. Like, yeah, that's Emmett with all sincerity, like sincere as if Dan Trachtenberg was talking about the word Cloververse. <laughs> and God, you know, it's like wow, that's really. I have no reason to dislike Dan, but man, that was. Oof. I don't know. I don't know. That 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 bothered me a little bit. Um, but uh, have you ever met an Emmett, Jack? Um, I would love to. I, I wouldn't. It seemed like bad news, man. Um, no, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't met one. I haven't met one either. So I think the Emmets in the movies that we've you know thrown around are good Emmets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, one's you know like. Well, then why why wouldn't you want to meet one? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Call them bad. Call them bad news. I don't like them. <laughs> that's uh, that's all I got to say. Um. All right, let's talk about let's talk about Emmy Emmy uh. Mary Elizabeth wants the Emmy W Mew. Let's talk about Mew. Mewins. Mew 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 Mew. Let's talk about the great Mew. An actress I love. Yeah. Um. A film Twitter favorite. She's mm, great in everything. For good reason. Right. Yeah. Um, she is so good in this movie. Like, Mrs. Ewan McGregor. Um, yeah. Yeah, but don't, don't tell his wife that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's very funny. <coughs> oh man, that got me. Um, yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> that was unexpected. She p- essentially plays like a final... She works with good directors. Yeah, she yeah. plays like a final girl in this movie. Which is weird, because it's not like a yes. horror film. Like, I mean, it is, but it, like... She's also the first girl. Yeah, that's true. First and final. Um, well, no, technically that other... That girl who was in those photos was the first girl. The one who scratched help. Yeah. So she's the second and final girl. She's the mm. previous girl. Previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... Well, I mean, I, I'll, I, I'll say it's horror. Yeah, I, think, no, I mean, I, mean like, I don't know. Doing like, it for horror month. Yeah, so sure. For, for, for the... Yeah. For, 
for this podcast, for this episode, it is a horror film. Let's just let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like out out. Uh, you get into. I don't know. Like, I'm not that picky about genre, but like the movie scares me. It, it's it's right? a it's, scary it's, movie. Sorry. He's a scary guy, that John Goodman. Does some scary stuff. I would argue it's actually a scary TV show. Well, that's true. <laughs> I can't argue. I can't argue with that. That's some pretty sound logic. Yes. Um, there okay, are yeah, like yeah. there are jumpy moments. I can't like, wait. I can't wait for season two. <laughs> <laughs> like the gunshot in the the acid scene. That, oh like, yeah. In the cinema, that was out of nowhere. That was incredible. That shook my fucking um, theater. Again, as I said before, it was yeah. loud. Like the volume was like, yeah, up. But like, oh, you know, you know, you know just like going back real fast. Something I just that just dawned on me. I remember when the trailer came out is kind of a big deal right. too. Like it's it was actually like really really like it like the movie came out as a surprise like the announcement that we're getting a sequel, and I think the trailer came out like a month or two before its release, and you know it had that it didn't have any dialogue. It was just that's right um, moments from the movie yeah. set to um, I think we're alone now. Um. And it was just, it was just like pretty celebrated as like, wow, this is a genuine surprise. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it came out in March. I always think of this as a February mm-hmm. movie. I don't know why. Um, it has February vibes because I get, it, it's one of those things where when a movie surprises this much, you don't think of it as like a summer film. I don't think you do, at least, because mm-hmm. if it's like, oh, this movie came out of nowhere and it was a huge success, it must come out during, like, a dead month or whatever. Like, you know, but this was, like, March 11th, March 10th, and, like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, good. It was actually March, yeah, it was March 10th. It was March 10th, Jack. You didn't have to correct me on that one, Mr. Mr. Draper. All right. Sorry, not to not to be rude, but I think it was March 10th. Okay. Well, all right. Oh, if guy says it, no, guy's right. No, guy's right. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, guy can correct you. I can't. Right, that's, no, that's, that's actually that's the, the that's actually the yeah. rule. So, <laughs> sorry. That wasn't the contract. Yeah. That was signed. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have your signature here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and actually, Clay was really threatening about the sig- the signature on the contract because of all the Sopranos. Were oh, well, yeah. I mean, I did send Polly Walnuts to like knock on his door and be like, "Hey, sign the contract," and he left. <laughs> hey, wise guy. Hey, you know you want to sign the contract. Major John Hancock. You know, hey, you want to do it? You want to sign it's the contract? Kind of incredible because I'm like a, I'm like an hour from the nearest airport and that's an eight-hour flight. <laughs> Polly Walnuts but, is the G man. Commitment. He's an, he's a, he's he's an o, he's an OG. You know, he he does what needs to be done. He's loyal. He's also his last his his name is Polly Walnuts and you know that's pretty cool. <laughs> You've got to have a sense of humor with a name like Polly Walnuts. You really do. <laughs> I just watched the episode or where he's gun. in where they're in Italy. Like they go like him, Christopher, and Tony go to Italy, and it's uh, that whole episode. Polly Walnuts just be like, you know, Italy, it's great, and he's just like talking talking to people, like, hey, buongiorno, and like he's just like. He's being like the most like American stereotype, and like people are asking like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "I'm a from I'm from America," and leaves, and it's like great. Um, but no, yeah. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead is gives an incredible like physical performance. I, I when I was watching this, I yeah. was reminded of a film um, that actually that act, they came out in 2019, so we could talk about uh, at one point. But like. Mm. Uh, I re- it was reminded of her and like of Samara weaving, Samara weaving in Ready or Not. 
Like, just, like, a mm, pure, like, yeah. phys- physically driven performance of, like, I need to accomplish this task in this way. And, like, really handsy, does what needs to be done. It also portrays, like, pain in a really visceral way and, like, anxiety. There seems to be an awareness of the environment mm-hmm. that the actress has. hundred percent. Pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well done, yeah. Sorry, uh, I thought you were going to... Na- I thought the 2019 movie you were going to name is Gemini Man, because Mary Elizabeth was Oh, there. I forgot. I didn't <laughs> see... I need to see that. No, yeah. That. Just going back for a second, the the, the, the trailer for this was released alongside the Michael Bay Benghazi movie. That was oh the only god. way you could see it. Oh my god, I remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. That's kind of insane. For wow. all the podcast listeners, which is all of you, since we don't release this on video, I am. I when the moment that guy said that, I put my hands over my mouth in shock because <laughs> I completely yeah. forgot about that. Thirteen hours, the heroes of Benghazi. <laughs> a very chill movie, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, think when you when yeah. I think when Jack said that like it had been released as like it was a special thing that the trailer released, I knew it was something like you had to go and see a certain film. Right. The trailers were just there unannounced, but because I think so, I, I I can't imagine thirteen hours also being Paramount. I. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably, yeah, I guess that makes sense now. What? Wait, what was the movie that Tenet, the Tenet trailer got released to? Um, oh. Wasn't it Rise of Skywalker? There was like a ten minute preview. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. It's, it's so funny. All of those movies were like, that's ne- it's never as good as the, like, the trailer's always going to be, like, if it's the exclusive trailer, like, the trailer's always going to be better than the actual fucking movie. Like, there was one for First mm-hmm. Man... I forget which one that was attached to, but that like that first one was better than that movie that it was attached to. Same thing with mm. Cloverfield Lane and all that kind of stuff. What if what if the Tenet preview made no sense to the movie it was attached to, like Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Right, right, right. You know, right, right. It was like totally different demographics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think what was our exposure to Elizabeth Winstead before this movie? think scott pilgrim it had to be right or maybe fargo fargo season three was no that was that was a year after one of the first it was the year after but still like um what about what about you guy what was what was your exposure to elizabeth Winstead? i think probably only scott pilgrim unless there's something i'm forgetting beside she was in sky high i think oh no it was swiss army man yeah i think that might be it but yeah, yeah, so I kind of, like she was someone I knew basically, right? An yeah. actress. You're like, oh, I know this actress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Fargo was when I fell in love with her. That was definitely like, right. Well, I, it's it's just such a dynamic role. I don't think I really knew her much. from anything else besides this when I watched it. Because again, I watched this in theaters like day one, and I don't think I watched. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I watched Pilgrim before or after. Apparently, I mean, yeah. she was in the Die Hard sequel, like Die Hard Four and Five, and I have, I, I did technically watch those movies when I like before, um, and I did watch Sky High before uh, Cloverfield Lane, but I don't like remember. I didn't like remember her as an actress or any of her like her character at all in those movies. So yeah. that's kind of insane. Um, yeah, it's interesting. She's been around. People forget that she's been around for like a while. She's not like this recent thing. 
like you know she was in mm-hmm. death proof and the black christmas remake the first black bla- the first black christmas remake right 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 and final destination 3 um which she's great in by the way final destination 3 is rules and she's good in best best one of the bunch um but like yeah she was in the thing remake and all this stuff but it feels it does really feel like she hasn't like been in like a I mean, I think it's just because... Yeah, she mostly done indies. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, like, the she moment she does Swiss Army Man, she just become like... And then after Swiss Army Man, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and after 10 Cloverfield Lane, Fargo season th- um, two... No, three. Three. Season three. And then, like, Birds of Prey and stuff. And so, like... I mean, Scott Pilgrim obviously was her, like, the her big breakout. But still, I think a lot of... Yeah. I think she's just there was just a recent like this decade i think was when she really yeah blew up. this decade yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure um she and also the thing like... remake yeah she but allison vent alice of venice i hear is pretty good too it's one she almost has like the reverse like indie darling career it's like you know she's done done some little movies then she gets a blockbuster it's like she started out in die hard four right and then <laughs> right then started doing smaller stuff which is probably the better way to do it financially. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and but and it's funny though because it's like I don't know. It's so it's so interesting that everyone agrees that she's like great and no one has a bad thing to say about mm-hmm. her. But we can't really get her like a movie to star in besides like a random Netflix action movie that five people watched. Like we can't get her in an yeah. actual yeah. real movie for some reason. Well, no movie that Netflix makes is real besides when they're made by real filmmakers. That's kind of true. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Um, I mean, she yeah, I mean, she's worked with some interesting filmmakers, but like honestly, not as many as you would think. Like, what Edgar Wright and fucking Ang Lee are really the only two that are like super interesting. I mean, Kathy Ann is really in, is interesting in like her potential in like I mean, I I really dug Birds of Prey. But it's hard to, like, she doesn't have, like, a real body of work yet, so it's hard to kind of say. But, like, she hasn't, like, worked with many auteurs in general. Mm. Yeah. Which is maybe the thing, is, like, the kind of roles she gets. Like, I haven't seen Kate, but it very much looks like, you know, it's a star vehicle for someone who maybe maybe is more nuanced, nuanced than just being an action star. Whereas, I think what Ten Cloverfield Lane does really well is that, it, like, it gives her a lot to chew on. It's not just, like walking in and going right ladies i'm gonna shoot some guns right, it's... Right, 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 right. and she maybe hasn't worked with enough directors who like really get that right yeah has it gotten an oscar name nomination or... i mean her whole bit yeah, yeah. in birds of prey is her being like an insecure vigilante it's great it's like i mean like mm-hmm. it's it's she's incredible in it. it's it, it's so funny and it's so and again another great physical performance in the sense of how she moves within those action scenes um, and when I say physical performance, I really just do mean like just her movement and her physicality when operating within any kind of scene that d- that involves like physical conflict, whether it be like escaping, running, or fighting. Um, I think I think that and like so much. And you, I, I totally forgot how much of this movie is like. There's not a ton of dialogue in this movie, like very little mm-hmm. actually, compared to like most like right. most movies of this size and scale when it comes to marketing and stuff like like there's a good like portion of it where it's just no no one's saying a word it was interesting to hear that they got to use one long space for the bunker they didn't have to like fly everyone to la and then you know new york for like different spots of 
of it. It was just like all fluid. Oh, that's good. Um, which I, helped. Yeah. I think there comes a point where like she doesn't speak again because obviously she's dealt with John Goodman. I don't know if she speaks much until like maybe the scene with the ship. She says like "fuck" or something. She says "oh fuck." Or yeah. So it's so much of it is just kind of her like reacting to things and like and she's she's still really good like she's really compelling but just Mm. kind of stops talking at that point whereas I think like a lesser film would have like like five to ten quips about how she didn't she's too old for this shit right (laughs) right exactly yeah you know like why'd it have to be aliens right 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 right. (laughs) they fly now you know Uh, yeah yeah they (laughs) They fly fly now Uh, um, and you know to bring it back to Ready or Not again, it, that's that's something that she ser- that she shares with uh, Samara Weaving's character that they just have this look of, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me, like just over it and mm-hmm. um, sort of self-referential about um, the final girl being dealt this enormous pressure and in life or life or death very primal, um, right character work when you get to that point in the movie um and winstead is just sensational at it um because she just she feels so smart and in every role she injects a lot of intelligence i think whatever that means no i know what you mean it's like Mm -hmm. it does feel like i mean she's kind of like a macgyver in this in this movie um but not in a way that you're just kind of like okay really like you're you're gonna yeah. you know you're gonna make a bomb out of like two corkscrews and a and a uh, in a rain jacket like it's not like it's not like she becomes a MacGyver but also I think there's a chance that you're like oh is there like a Stockholm syndrome right. type deal coming on here and you you at least for myself you you think both possibilities are remaining mm-hmm. at all times right right and it's. Yeah, and you're not always convinced it works. And a lot of the stuff she does make doesn't work. Like, that whole suit thing, like, it ripped pretty easily, and it's like it didn't really work that well. So it's not like she's as overpowered, yeah. like, I can make anything out of everything. She just does some, like, pretty, like, logical things. And I think when you, I think as people who, you know, as such as ourselves who have seen plenty of horror films, it kind of becomes a thing where you can only deal with so much, like, illogical decisions. I mean, it, it, it's fine. I'm never one of those people who, like, complains about a movie, like, the char- why would the characters are so stupid or whatever, but it is nice to see a change of pace where you're like, oh, no, like, that character made a smart decision. They did a good thing. Like, yeah. you know, that they didn't, like, run into the woods uh, <laughs> towards the scarier part of the woods or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that really, like, threw me at the time... Sorry. Uh, speaking of performances, is John Goodman in this? Is that he, he plays so like against type, but it's also really clever about the way that he's still kind of playing like, like sitcom dad, right. but like dialed up to eleven, and he's like, he takes it too far and he's scary about it. But it's, it's not like they've hired an actor who's known for something specific and said don't do that. They've hired someone and asked him to do what he does really well, but take it too far. Yeah, and he is like genuinely unsettling at points in this movie. Yeah, they ask him like to the... not. They don't ask him to like not be himself, but they ask him to tweak it. They ask him to make some certain adjustments. It's like you know, di- like turning up, like you said, like dialing it to ten. It's like turning up some levels, turning down some other levels, but like maintaining the same kind of shell, the same kind of like heart. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like a psychopath the who wants where... to be a star- who wants to be a sitcom dad. 
Yeah, the scene where they're doing, they're playing, I forget the name of the game, but he's trying to guess Little Women, and he, like, refuses yeah. to see Michelle as a woman, right. and it's, like, all these different, like, synonyms for girl, and it's it's so creepy, because he, like, he thinks he's being a dad, yeah, and it's just, and it's weird, because it's someone that people have watched in that kind of role, but he's just, yeah. it's just uncomfortable, and he is so good at that, and the scene when he, like, Emmett's gone and he's shaved his beard and you you can see what he thinks that means but you can also see what what else that might mean that you know he's it's it's really unsettling he's so good at this. it's pretty tragic too yeah you know I think our on-screen relationship with Goodman um kind of forces our empathy and and even though we're we're scared we're also we're also attracted because the the fraternal figure um, has been in, with him for a long stretches of his career and he's been in some of my favorite movies so I can't I can't deny um, John Goodman being like really owning this side of him and it's like oh gosh it, is, it takes a lot of you to, to separate um, the comforting side but also the, the terrifying side like you know true stories Barton Fink and Monsters Monsters Inc and Barton and, but know, Barton Fink is Walker. the closest thing he's yeah. done to this movie because he, Barton Fink he does play like a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, Hell Hitler. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen Barton Fink, but I should see Barton Fink. Yeah, he's great That's in it. Great. Yeah, very another unsettling performance. But he another also another performance where they use his, you know, his warm manner, his warm and friendly mannerisms, and twist it on its head. Um. Um, but th- but yes. this one they never really try to make him like charming or anything. They like like so, you know they make him like sometimes they make him less violent and less aggressive than other times. But they never like say you know he's just you know he's actually friendly. You know when you when you look look behind the curtain he's mm-hmm. just like it's just sometimes he's more muted when he's like he's just yeah. sometimes a little more subdued. And he, and I think he really understood the, the part that Trashenberg wanted him to to go for very very well. Um, I'm glad that we're talking Goodman because we've we've obviously talked about him in supporting roles like uh, like Argo and the artist, <laughs> yeah, Tom Bond, yeah, exactly. But um, it's the first starring role. I think part of what is so good about this is like I wouldn't call it necessarily a mystery, but the whole idea of you know what's happened, you kind of want to like he's the only source of information the film gives you about what could be going on. So there's, in the same way as, like, Michelle, you're kind of, you know he's got his own stuff going on, but you also need him as kind of, or not that she needs him in any, like, literal sense, but he is a source of information. He kind of, like, ties her to the rest of the world. And it's the same purpose he serves the story, is, like, he's the only opportunity they have to know what's going on. And the Mm. the opportunity, like, the audience has to go on. And I get the fact that it's John Goodman. It's kind of a really clever usage of his character because you know he's got a great like he's got a well he's got a Pixar voice. You right, he's so always want to listen to it. He's like the most lovable yeah. monster. Yeah, that's no seriously, yeah. And I guess like to take that further, like kind of treats Michelle like Boo, you know, just yes, something. Oh, that that's a good one. Yeah, never have. And, yeah. But she's not yeah. a girl. She's like a grown woman. That's back. the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it's right, a good yeah, call. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's insane. Yeah, I I wonder. I I forgot. I wouldn't mind if someone chose Monsters University. That'd be fun. yeah. Why not? I mean, we haven't. That would be funny if that was our first Pixar movie. 
Like the most non-existent. <laughs> that would be one. random, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, What's your favorite good. one of the decade? Oh shit. Because mine is like pretty easy, honestly. Yeah. It's like it's it's kind of hard to beat that one. Because like most of them are sequels, like like eighty percent right. or something. Yeah. yeah, Inside Out's probably mine. What about you, guy? Again, probably Inside Out, but I do really like Monsters Inc. because the whole. I think it's just like a really mature approach to doing. Oh no, like twenty ten Pixar. Movie. Mm. Uh, was well, sorry, Monsters University. I mean. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, because it's like, you know, even though it's a kids' movie, they could have just made it like you know Mike and Sully the school years. You know, Sully yeah. was popular, but like, it's a really <laughs> mature approach. The fact that you know they don't do well in school, they like, they have to go and be janitors at the end, and they have to kind of work their way up. It's much more charming than it could have been. Um, my answer is probably Inside Out, but I also, mm. I really like Monsters, Uni- Monsters University. Definitely. I want to see Coco. It'd be really right? funny if you like, they take a more mature version. Mike Wazowski does a bunch of blow. Uh, like, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's on the CW. Right, 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 right. Riverdale, it's back, but M- M- Monster Inc. Yeah. form. HBO's uh, Monsters University. Yeah, oh, Mike Jesus. Wazowski's played by Dylan O'Brien. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, Dylan yeah. O'Brien. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, no, but like Good- Goodman is, yeah, I. It's so funny. Like he makes. I mean, the great thing about him, I mean, he's just such an incredible actor, is that he does so much with so little in the sense of like he can go so big while also not like, but like being given like something that's not even like that whole thing of him when he's uh doing the Santa Claus charade thing is like it's so. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it like yeah, he incredible. makes it he makes scene. a meal out of that because it, it's so disturbing and so mm-hmm. frightening. I remember seeing that in the theater and like losing my absolute mind because it was Santa Claus. You're yeah, Santa Claus. Like you know, <laughs> I'm watching you when you're sleeping. I'm aware of everything you're doing. Like he says it so it's like <laughs> the most like creepiest shit imaginable. And the, yeah. Well, Michelle, it was Emmett's turn, but I'm keeping the lights. <laughs> yeah, it, all those little things, and like the whole. And it's even when the tension of the scene deflates. It's like wow, it's still the way he the eats an ice cream cone is scary. That's how fucking scary he is in this movie. He's just, like the way he like, just like he almost like eats it, but he doesn't. He like kind of like does the whole thing. He doesn't even lick it. He's just like, like a monster. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Who John Goodman kind of reminds me of it. Now that now that we're digging into it, Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, like, like someone who's just like incredibly reliable. Everybody says like insanely nice things about um, like I, you know, you can even see like Jeff Bridges like doing something with this role and like mm. like turning their on-screen image and their and even their off-screen image like in like turning it on on its head and yeah. he kind of does. I not to, but Jeff Bridges also had an Oscar nomination this year. Right. So. I mean, he also he kind of does that in Iron Man. Um. <laughs> I Tony Stark I say that had a box of scraps in the middle of the desert. It, it, I mean, you know, we there the Marvel the MCU right now is such a, it's a meme it's a meme. But like it, people, but that, he is like good in that first movie. I don't know why. I don't know if that's a hot take or anything because that because there's so many like any take related to Marvel is weird. But like the whole, but he's sure. But yeah. he is like, and it is kind of fascinating the fact that you get Jeff Bridges in 2008 right. in a movie that was like. What is who is this? He's threatening in that. I mean that whole like like I mean we all we all like to laugh about him yelling at that guy, you know. Like cuz but it's like a good like it's a Tony Stark 
build it in a cave with a box of scraps. And just like the yeah. way he points, everyone remembers that scene so well. It's so funny because yeah. it's not like a like he doesn't even do anything crazy in that scene. It's just him yelling at a guy, and people are like, "Yeah, it's great, awesome." Yeah, doing backstrokes in the River Ham. Right, Who can right, right, complain? Right. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if he got into like a villain mode and just played a ton of villains. I know didn't he play a villain in Tron Legacy? No, I think that was like repri- reprising his role. Oh, okay. Um, from the first one, but yeah, I think I, it was the villain in Kingsman too. No. Oh no, 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 no. He was. Or was that Julianne Moore? That was Julianne Moore. Yeah. God, that movie kind of sucks. Julie. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. I hate that movie. What if there was a golden circle, guys? What if there was the, a... I mean, this questions we need to. Ask I like that so. first one actually, like a decent amount. Like not like crazy, but I like it. Uh, but that's the sequel is bad. Because it's just, like, you could just tell how many production problems were wrong. You could just, like, the moment you see, like, anything yeah. revolving oh, really? Channing Tatum, you're like, there was, like, five different rewrites on this. Like, you're just like, this doesn't make <laughs> oh, any really? sense. Yeah. Mm. There's, like, five. What, where is the King's Man? Oh. Where, where where did that go? In trailers. Oh. <laughs> they just forgot about it. Right. They forgot about it. Like, fuck, I, I lost it. Where is it? <laughs> I lost the print. <laughs> there are, like, five scenes in Kingsman 2 where it's, like, Look, guys, we're doing the church scene again. You liked this so much in the first one. Right. And absolutely none of them are as good as the first one. Because no. they're all just, like, winking at the camera the whole time. Yeah. And it's not even that well choreographed, too. And you got to build up to that. Like, you have to build up to yeah. that kind of thing. And it's just not... I don't know. Yeah. Elton John's like in it. the camera work. Yeah. Elton John should have been... I would love to see Elton John now play, like, a bunch of villains. What if he did the John Goodman? It was really, it was really funny how a guy was so impressed with Elton with John being in Kingsman too. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just very strange. Right. You know, it's it's one of those things I tried to repress, so that kind of brought it all up to the surface. Like, oh my god, Elton John was in that movie. He wasn't even a cameo. He was a supporting cast. Oh, he was. He makes an, an- he makes an, an anal sex joke to Colin Firth. Okay. Okay. No, no that's, that's true. That's a true thing I said. That happened in like reality. We're adults. <laughs> that's crazy. He said you can come backstage anytime or something like that, and it's like okay. Great. Um, Was that a rewrite? It's. I don't. It, it's I a callback to the first one because the first one also ends with an anal sex joke, which is you know, you know, not yeah, great. Think, I'm not gonna defend great. that. Poor Sophia Butella. Yeah. I'm not going to defend that part of the first one, but I don't know. Samuel Jackson, he's doing things in that. That's pretty cool. The lisp was a big deal. It was a big deal, and he, you know, he rocked it. It was pretty good. He, he didn't like blood. That was his whole thing. And he ate McDonald's. The good he ate McDonald's at one right, point. That was, the, that was like a bit. That was a good right, thing. Yeah. The good thing about Samuel L. Jackson as a guy who will turn up in like any blockbuster is that he never phones it in. It's like every every movie is a new insane performance. <laughs> right. Like, a lot of actors would have just... Kind of, like if that was Bruce Willis or something, he would have just turned up and been like, I'm Bruce Willis. Right. But Samuel L. Jackson, he's, like, he's got a whole accent. He's got a backstory. Like, he's... Right. He, he picked just, out a fashion choice. Yeah. yeah, he's just having so much fun just making it up. Do you think we're ever going to get fun <laughs> Bruce Willis again? Because, like, uh, like no. what, what, are you, what are you imagining? Well, uh, for, Ocean's for 12. I watched Ocean's 12 and 13 not that long ago. <laughs> I, I, I'm big, I've been trying to watch, mo- like, I think I was 
I don't know if I was trying to watch more Sodenberg or I just wanted to finish the trilogy, but I, Ocean's Twelve, I'm like, this is legitimate. Both are good ideas. This has yeah. to be in his like top ten performances. I'm not joking. I think he's no, it's incredible, incredible no, in Ocean's yeah. Twelve. Just like the entire. Oh my god, the entire setup to that Ocean's Twelve thing is insane, though. Like you have, like, oh, it's it's Matt Damon being like, "Do we do it?" And then you're like, "What are they gonna do?" And then it's actually Tess playing Julia Roberts, and you and you cannot believe it's, it's happening. Pretty you, incredible. Yeah, it was one of those things where spoilers. Like, for Ocean it's 12. like I feel like in theaters, I feel like everyone was looking at each other like, "Is he allowed to do this?" It no, it's a <laughs> are they time. allowed? Like, it's like for sure. Is this legal? Like, are they all just looking like... I don't know. Is Steven Soderbergh, like, legally allowed to perform this act? Like, is this is this possible? Seriously, That was the real Cloverfield paradox, was that scene. And in 2004, I would love to be, like, in a premiere for, for that. And just see everyone be so pissed. And be like, this movie sucks. And you're like, no, it's great. What are you talking about? It's awesome. Yeah. I would love to see another Bruce Willis performance, like Death Becomes Her, though. Yeah. Like, like somewhere where he's, like, like, a total nerd and, like... Like a like a very uptight doctor, and he's just like freak, like very manic, yeah. like freaking out in every moment. Um, like he's trying to corral chickens in that movie. Basically, it's so funny. Yeah, I just wish I don't know. I just watch Ocean Twelve. I'm like, fuck, what happened, man? I mean, like he's good in Glass, and I I mean I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty confident in that take. He's good in Glass. Um, I'm also, and he's also he good in Looper. So it's like. Right, we talked yeah, about and it. I and maybe there's one other movie he's done since Looper that he was also good in, but I forget. But it's just like he was good in Moonrise Kingdom. Yes, yeah, yeah. the same. And that's fun. Him. That's fun, Bruce. Like, come on, Bruce. What are you doing? Like, what? Like, I think you've made enough films in Bulgaria or mm-hmm. Czechoslovakia. I think you've made enough films in those and if countries. We ask, <laughs> if we ask Guy, we talked about Looper when we were in our fifties, right? So that's true. That that's true. Checks out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so you've not done it yet. No, we haven't. We but haven't. you've done it in the past. It's, but you've done it in the future. Absolutely, it's, <laughs> right. like, a, it's like a loop. It, it, oh, I see. I see. Right. Our 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 past and future selves were the guests on. The I episode. did actually kill my right. my yeah. pa- my future self in that episode in the opening. And this is <laughs> That's right. this is not yeah, a joke. Actually, that, that yeah. was the intro. Is that I yeah. murdered my opening or my um? Was, I forget. It was my future or past self. I forget which one I am now. I think I'm in the past self or the future self. <laughs> I must have been the future self because the past to, self is killing. Yeah, I'll have to listen back to see which how it yeah. goes. Yeah, no, it was great. I, everyone, everyone loved it. Um, I killed him. No notes. No notes. I, I murdered him. He was dead. Killed him. Um, but yeah. And so I'm the past self. I guess I'll get murdered soon by my other self soon. I don't know when that was when that was gonna happen, but like soonish. I guess at least you know it's coming. Yeah, so. and so I'm cool with it. Like. Yeah. Um, oh, that's also where I got all that gold. I forgot to tell you that. Yeah, that's where. That's... <laughs> um, God, Looper. Um, but no, no, I'm just like, uh, what was I going to say? No, but it, it is interesting with Goodman. You're just like, what if other actors started just doing this? And a lot of them are because, you know, mm. I think I think it, it, it's a reasonable thing to see. Like, it's a reasonable arc for a career to now just be like a side character who does sometimes does an interesting villain performance who goes pretty hammy. Yeah, yeah um, but you wouldn't mind seeing it a little more because and it's pretty welcomed when a comedic actor takes a turn into dramatic, right. especially someone who's had a history of that as well, who always likes to dip into it, just like you know, just little dips, but nothing crazy, just little dips. Yeah, because there's a lot of drama in comedy. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So I guess right. it makes sense to to make the transition. 
thing is, like, a lot of, like, dramatic or com- comedic actors, when they do their big dramatic performance, you can just, like, see them winking at the camera the whole time going, look, I'm serious right. now. This is a serious <laughs> performance. I'm an actor. Which you don't get with John Goodman in this at all. No. Because, he, again, he's still, like, hamming it up. Like, there's times when he's just like, okay, yeah, you're just... like, And I think... And I don't know why that's such a... Sometimes that can be such a dirty word with like ha- like you know oh he's very ha- like you know there it's a very big performance and I'm like sometimes I mean with a movie like this which is not everybody is Kenneth Branagh right right right, right. like but mm-hmm. but this is like a movie that is a total genre film it's like you could even say it's like some people are calling it mm-hmm. a Twilight episode or whatever like you, I think you're allowed to go like I what well, you mean Twilight Zone episode because oh, yeah. that would be very different Twilight if episode a Twilight episode you know. You know, like, the be... Twilight movies are kind of like a TV show? Did you guys know that? Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, I suppose so. Yeah, I think, I think when you really just, like, <laughs> put it in your head and you really, like, process it, it's kind of a TV show. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, so it is interesting that... It, I don't know, I think we should sometimes just let these actors off the leash once in a while. Just let them do their thing. <laughs> like, just, like, let, let, let them go hog wild. Like, and... But I mean, I don't. Yeah. But he, he's. It's never like Goodman's never jarring in this. Not sorry, not in a like in a like not out of con, like not a um out of out of tone. I mean, he's jarring as a character because he's like mm. very intimidating. Yeah. But not like he doesn't like go outside of the movie. He still operates well within it. Um, but he goes. But he's allowed to go in every direction he wants. He understands the movies he's right. in. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. he's like, um, Kathy Bates in Misery. Mm-hmm. You know, just protecting. Uh, strangers from the outside world even though they're going about it the totally wrong way just in in feeling as though they can't be argued or negotiated with because they're they're constantly right especially with Emmett who um the, the character's name is Emmett by the way <laughs> um that's a name and in the, yeah <laughs> um someone who found the bunker by choice and is and sort of feels like he has a say in things because um, he went to he went to uh, Howard, right? He was mm. Howard never went to him for help. It was it was just more like, hey, I have ideas too. Let me make your experience here more more useful. But then it's just like the power dynamic there is interesting since Michelle and Emmett found their way into the bunkers two completely different ways. I also like that they don't have any real romantic chemistry. I mean, there's, like, maybe a tiny bit of sexual yeah, attention, yeah, but not yeah. re- like, but not a ton. Like, they don't... Like, you don't really see them, like, fucking at any moment. Like, you could, like... I guess you could maybe ponder it, but, like, you can... But they definitely seem like, oh, like, a friendship. Like, pe- two people co... 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 um... habiting. Like, this... like, this space. Yeah. Coexist? Coexist. Yeah, there you go. That's a word. Um... But, like, yeah, so it is... I, I I do like that. I think you know, it, it it's weird because we mm-hmm. have gotten to a point in major motion like in like you know blockbusters or like mainstream films where it has become a little sexless. But I do think there should be an appreciation for like platonic relationships in films because it's sometimes because it's kind of it can be a foreign subject at times. And I think, I mean, of course, there's a balance. Like you want to like we shouldn't like desexualize every film like i feel like films should be allowed to be as sex sexy or as like you know have as much sex appeal as they want but also erotic. yeah erotic yeah and like erotic bring back erotic thrillers please like but i think you all should also should well be i mean we, to, like, we're getting one soon with the uh Ad- the new adrian lynn movie with uh ben affleck and armand de Armas. yeah which is 
It's interesting. Yeah. I, which which that's gonna be yeah, interesting. <laughs> imagine that press tour, which is coming out, which was gonna come out this year, but now it's coming out. Imagine next year. that press tour. That's gonna be fascinating. I, yeah, that's on, that's on everyone's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. oh, those poor actors. They're only gonna be asked about that. Oh, that's gonna be so upset. That's gonna be ten <laughs> times worse than the Gaga and Cooper press tour. Maybe not ten yeah. times, but like that. Like that's just gonna be intensified to even just insane levels god um but no i i just do think there it's it, i appreciate that they chose not to just like because who mm-hmm. honestly who can think about sex at a time like this <laughs> we're like we're in the same yeah, bunker right. as like a psychopath who is gonna murder us at some point we all know it and like i don't think i it's not like and i you, can get like you know rocked up at right now <laughs> yeah you can kind of see it as their relationship is almost sibling like right. just mm-hmm. just since the nuclear family you can kind of see like howard is the dad right, right. and like nuclear um, family that's yeah. that's smart actually well that, uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of like victims of circumstance in the same way people talk about like like siblings in abusive households are kind of they have their own situation but it's like you know they are sharing a space but they're not necessarily sharing sharing the same experiences but they have the same it's coming from the same place and the way this kind of like deals with that like frames that those experiences through the narrative it's kind of it feels very intentional that they're like that they are almost like brother and sister but howard as part of like howard's whole thing is so i'm not sure where this is going but like it's like i think it's kind of an intentional thing that they have yeah because they're also in conflict with howard as a duo which is something the film kind of touches on they they're on the same level that he is not privy to even if he's in power right it's kind of what mm-hmm. i was getting at Sorry. yeah no no was, no it's because it, it, a lot of words no no i completely agree like she even mentions at some point i forget exactly the but like when they have that emotional monologue where they put everything on the table she talks about how like was it her sister or her brother who received the brunt of her father's abuse um i forget but like how like basically she was protected by one of them or her, maybe it was her mother i forget mm. um but basically but that that idea of I, i'm pretty sure she mentions like a sibling at some points um and like i do think that's pretty because like yeah i mean because that whole scene of of howard interrogating emmett um and was it Mich- is it michelle right michelle yeah um yeah they're how she's they're inter- she uh, he's interrogating them in uh in front of a acid barrel which is if you're gonna interrogate someone pretty effective <laughs> like yeah. have it like an ass like have like the goop barrel from uh who, who framed rogers who framed roger rabbit like yeah, yeah like yeah. you know which i thought i thought it was a really good bit when howard asks uh emma and michelle like if you know what this is and they're just like of course no. <laughs> no it's like who the fuck are you been talking to man no we don't know what that is <laughs> we're just too strange. and then he pulls out an anamorphic yeah, shoe and dips it and you know it screams <laughs> for its life um <laughs> and then daffy duck and bugs bunny are right 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 right, right. Exactly. Yeah. and then like howard's and eyes anvil drops grow, yeah, you know exactly. r- like total red and his voice like like goes up 20 <laughs> octaves yeah <laughs> Eddie. Um, but yeah, but like, what, like, 
Emmett protecting Michelle is like, no, 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 I was the one who did it. That's totally like a big brother move or like any sibling move. Like, no, 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 like they'll take responsibility. They'll pretend that they were the one who did it. Mm, it's very much like right. a big brother, big brother vibe. No, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, the idea of like, it is very much like a story of abuse and living within like an abusive, like abusive household and that kind of thing. Um, it's also like about mm. like, stop, 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 like stop running, like, you know, instead of running away, you know, like fight and like be like con confront, uh, take the strength of your, like, take the strength and misery of your life and like use it for like progressing forward and not running from things. Um, it is like, mm -hmm. and I know that's such a it's such a cliche thing to say. It's actually about trauma, guys. But you know, it it is like, I do think it has, but it's not like upfront. Or as Vinnie Mancuso would say, it's about the loss of it's innocence. It's about a lot. It's about the loss of innocence. Um, but it is, but it's not like again. That's like it's all all subtext. It isn't like just outright like, guys, it's about trauma. Look at it. Look at it. You know, it's like right. It, it's and, pretty subtextual. Yeah. And I think that's where the Twilight Zone um, influence comes right. through. That yes, I think the morality play can be easily spotted, but it it's it, and like it wears on a, on its sleeve. But it, it definitely has more on its mind rather than what it's just trying to say. It, it's efficient at, at telling its story and um, tackling its themes. Yep. This is why I think the ending works so well because the whole story is about like. You know, on a very metaphorical level, it's about like John Goodman's idea of who she is. You know, he is telling her how the world should be. Right. And the fact that you know, I think the criticism at the time was that there actually are aliens. Supposedly, people read it as lending some like, like value to his position to the way he acted. But I think the fact that it gives Michelle one last choice to like, you know, fight for something. I think that works so much better than if she just kind of rode off into the sunset unclear of what was happening because it's where the like the the genre the the themes kind of tie with the text right that it's it's about mm -hmm. like you know he wants her to be something and he's giving her the information that would make that happen and she's taking that experiences and it's not suddenly revealed that it was all false but it's giving her the agency to act on that you know she she has an idea of the world and she is becoming her in person. She's not kind of revealing everything she knew was false. Right. And I think that's why the ending works so well is that it's, it gives her that moment to like choose to like, I mean, literally, literally she like almost drives one way or the other. Right. I think the, that just works so well. Houston to Baton Rouge, which, which is so interesting. Yeah. That ending is so interesting. It's a bit, it remind, it's kind of like the castaway ending, you know, just like, very obviously like the character is right um right no direction but also many they're, options yeah they're choosing they're, choo they're choosing yeah. the lane um it is so interesting because you're like because when you watch that you're like well that's the sequel right and then they're like eh, i don't know probably not <laughs> like you know like it's like you know like her like <laughs> yeah. fighting with a bunch of sur <laughs> survivors in houston or whatever and like that's such a layup and, and like all right so there's gonna be like a 10 cloverfield 2 it's like no nah, probably not i don't know like we were thinking about this paradox, <laughs> sort of. We were thinking about this paradoxing, like God particle. What is it? We'll figure it out, and then we'll just make a sequel to the two thousand eight one, and then you know, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I don't know. It was all right. Like this was Would a it be yeah. ten, ten Cloverfield. It didn't cost Lane us too, much money. Or eleven Cloverfield Lane. Oh God. 
<laughs> the house next door. <laughs> the house next door. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening with Howard's right, neighbors? Right, right. You know, hey, where are they? Are they okay? Probably not. Let's find out. Um, no, it's yeah, I, I, yeah, no, that's funny. Um, and also the thing is like about Howard, he wasn't right. He thought the entire air was contaminated. It was not. It was just like parts of it. Yeah. And also the thing is, he threw out an insane amount of theories of who could have possibly done it. He said the Russians and the North Koreans and like aliens. So it's like, it, 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 so it's not like he knew exactly what was happening. He just, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, a, a dystopian reality of, you know, like the, yeah, mm. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. I think the ending can be maybe... I understand why the ending is drawing for some, and it's maybe a little drawing for me, um, mm -hmm. but, like... Yeah, I heard it I heard it was, like, divisive. Did you know yeah. aliens were going to show up, Jack? No. Um, I, I'm trying to think if... It's good that you weren't spoiled. Like, well, I'm trying to think what I knew. Yeah, that's good. Um, no, I, I knew that it was divisive in some part, but just why, I, I think I had... I think maybe I had known it at some time right, and then forgot. but i had forgotten yeah, yeah, yeah. it when i was watching it you know right, I mean? right right but um i was gonna say something well who did that. did you think what did you who did, did you think goodman was telling the truth um hmm. i think throughout a majority of the time i kept thinking that this was connected to um to cloverfield right. and it was and it was only until i had seen or remember seen or remembered michelle's phone where it's like this can't take place in 2008 right 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 and, right, um, right right that was kind of that was yeah. for some reason that was the giveaway um and yeah and i i could see a reality that the government maybe poised like threw a, a bomb in the air to like get rid of cloverfield and yeah and, that would have been like, yeah that's definitely an had idea like a chernobyl type deal um to to eradicate it but uh, no i i'm kind of like as the viewer, you're put in the position of Emmett and Michelle that you're taking Howard at his word, and you know it could be none of none of this or all of right. it. Right. And I love the moment when Emmett was like, "Wait, which Korea is the evil one? South Korea?" Yeah, that so one. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think part of what works. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, th I think part of sorry uh, part of what works so well about like Howard's lies is they're all very specific about like it's not. The fact that it's like the air is toxic, you can't go out there because it's what's best for you to stay here. It's a very specific kind of controlling that he does. It's not just about, like, you know, you might be in danger. It's about, I am the only person who can possibly keep you safe because the world is, like, scary and will hurt you, whereas you could rely on me. Right. And it's, it's a really specific part of the script that he is so... He is, like, so manip manipulative in that way. And it... I think it just works really well to like tie it all together that it's because it's using like ideas from sci-fi but it's kind of bringing them from this character yeah and it's also like this is like the best thing to ever happen to him was this tragedy like because it's like oh mm -hmm. all everything i thought was uh validated i have i am now like i can now have this psycho psychotic relationship with this girl and pretend that she's like my daughter and i can also and like i can also never leave because i have like you finally have a fixation. Yeah, like all everything he's yeah, wanted to come true has actually come true. Like because he has no real regard for human life. He just has this weird. Right. Um, and, and I do like again. You never find out if he was really telling the truth about like was there an actual daughter. I mean, like you know, or is that total bullshit? Like obviously we know that you enjoy the idea of Michelle rather than the person. Right. Itself. And it, we, 
obviously we know that the the person he claimed to be his daughter wasn't but do we know that there was an actual like an actual daughter before that person who knows who how many victims he's like even even we don't even know how he like we don't even really know if the girl that he the first girl he kidnapped was dead or not like we just know that she isn't there and there's Mm -hmm. no trace she's probably dead um but yeah no so it's I, I do like that it's not there's no this cra- there's no crazy exposition it's all pretty economical with its storytelling it's very visual it's very like you know it, it doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome it just does what it needs to do and it gets out um, even though you would mm-hmm. think that a movie yeah. like that would be like an hour and thirty um, but it is actually like a total like an hour forty five which is you know again still pretty short but still like not not as economical as you would no think. isn't it two hours I thought it was like an hour f- oh it is oh yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I must have. I must have seen something like. I think maybe Paradox might have been two hours. Oh no! I'm so sorry. Yeah. Are you okay? Or maybe Are I'm you confused okay? about something else. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Paradox is just fascinating. Right. Just, just to you see got everything like fall apart. Like it, because well, barely. Oh really? Oh, that's um, a, that's un- that's unfortunate. She's wasted, which oh. is like a federal crime. I'm gonna yeah. kill um, everyone involved. But no, I, I think I think what's really unfortunate is how the movie thinks it's so sm- so much smarter than right. it is, right? And like all of it um, is so boring mm-hmm. and vapid. But Ooh, you're but you're just vapid. like good word. Yeah. Well, it's got a really good cast. Like like Guggen Rolls in it. Elizabeth Debicki, Daniel Bruhl, David. Chris Ola, O'Dowd. Yeah. Like Irish King. Yeah. It's a really good cast. You would think they would be able to inject some kind of like like levity into it, but it just doesn't come. Mm-hmm. Except for that right. one scene where Chris O'Dowd says, That's my fucking arm. That's the one where right. I laughed at. Yeah. And that's like yeah. burned into my brain, is yeah. that's my fucking arm. But that's only because Chris yeah. O'Dowd say it. There's no other there's, Absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, oh God. That's if weird. that was like like Chris Chris Hemsworth in like full Netflix fluff mode going, That's my fucking arm totally gone from my brain oh, but that, the fact that it's chris mm, died. yeah irish yeah. king like jack said irish king um yeah so we should probably wrap up so let's get to our favorite scene of the motion picture oh 10 cloverfield lane we'll do it i mean unless we have any final thoughts i guess um uh, good movie i we, like it yeah usually <laughs> yeah i just want to make sure the, like, the theater I, I, I do want to say my theater it's kind of hard to beat my theater experience of that movie so it got a little worse on rewatch just because i kind of knew everything was coming and i know that's and that's mm, a kind of a right that's a bullshit uh that's cheap answer yeah. but it's like it's true because that theater experience was so special and i was so, it was so tense and stuff that mm. it was never going to really live up to like just watching it at home on netflix or whatever so it's like Eh, but, it, but besides that, no, I was I really enjoyed it. Really appreciated the craft, the um, economy of it all, and I love me some M, uh, some you, some M E W. <laughs> You're trying to make I'm it. I'm trying work. to. Like, me and Mew. This is sweaty. <laughs> um, it made kind of like it made a profit. Yeah, no, like, um, cheap, relatively yeah. cheap. A hundred yeah. mil, like a worldwide. I, I honestly don't money. think it needed to be connected to Cloverfield for it to make that much money. I really don't. Right. I don't know what the thought yeah. behind that if was. It was. I think this could be like a word of mouth situation where it's like, wow, you have to. Right, check and out the trailer was like, good enough. It had like another. It had another working title, which was really the weird. Um, no, this no no no. There was another oh. one, uh, another name for it. Bad Cloverfield in it. Um. No no no. Um, it it was a weird one. Hang on, no. I'll, 
like vamp. I, I now let, let's get to that. our favorite scene. I, I think it's time. Um, who wants to go first? I think I'd, I will just say you were saying about like how the, there are kind of mysteries in the story. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like we don't know, you know, if you really had a daughter. Unfortunately, if you've read all the like nonsense ARG stuff that accompanied the film, they've answered every single question. Like what? There. Mm. Yeah, like, as far as I remember, you can see emails between him and his wife. You can see that he worked for the company that made, I think, the mining oh, station that's right. from yeah, the first I, I remember field. seeing this, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck. And oh. I think in Paradox, it was, real, it was yeah. like, connected to... Oh, I hate that. It doesn't that. add much to the story, but yeah. I hate that. This has the this has the energy of Blair Witch being a, a, a um, Wizard of Oz announcement. Uh, right. Before. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that, hate that, hate that. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It will add nothing to your experience. Okay. Just... Yeah, I found it. Okay, so it was. It also had the name of the hit list in 2012. What the fuck? And when it was in production, it was called Valencia. The hit list? But I think that... Yeah. But the seller, when it was a, when it was a spec script, that, that it was called... It should have been called The Seller. Let's let, it should right. have been Town Cloverfield Lane's a bad title, by the way. It's a bad title. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not great. But I do love the poster. The poster's, poster's always good. been sick. Yeah. Um also we should have we, we we haven't mentioned yet, but Bradley Cooper was the voice yeah, of Michelle's say, boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Um and JJ um obviously like, you know, alias and um the, I was gonna the, say uh, what have what have they done together? Okay. Alias. Yeah. Um yeah, and so I it, it was it's just funny like when Trachenberg was um asked about it it was just like yeah jj just called him up and he's like can you do this for a favor and what <laughs> i just want to ask like, jj just bradley why Cooper bradley is. like what made you think, be like you know what i'm look, like he's looking at his rolodex and he's like <laughs> i gotta call cooper i gotta call b right. coops it could be anybody no i i think that in 2016 like he was at a level of fame where it's like wow that's pretty cool they got right. bradley cooper for like a small cameo yeah Ugh. All right, favorite scene. But yeah, yeah, that's Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Uh, anybody want to? Anyone have one that they've thought of? Actually, let's go. Let's let our ghost guest for, go first. It's usually what we do. The whole kind of like, the scene with the acid is really good, but the whole turning point where it's gone from this montage of like, like, like they're doing jigsaw puzzles. They've kind of adjusted to this life. Domestic this, like, bliss. Weird, like, yeah. Exactly. Operation. And, I could never play an operation. Yeah. And then the when the you know, when she goes into the, the air filter room and she's reminded of like everything, you know, all the questions she had, it all falls apart. I think that is just so good. The film had like it had committed the time to living in this idealized version of what it could be, and then it just like slaps you with the, the plot again. I think that's so good. Mm. That scene with with them by yeah, the hard left box. turn. Into yeah. It. Where they've kind of both realized that one, like they know for a fact that Howard is untrustworthy, but he is still entirely chill about it. He like puts another song <laughs> on the jukebox and starts dancing. That's just that's the film for me. That that whole like yeah, you know, the idea that they want it to be comforting, but it can't be. For sure, yeah. I think the song is. Uh, I think we're alone now, as the, as it is in the trailer, but mm-hmm. it could be. Wrong. Which one is he dancing his butt to? Song? When like John Goodman starts shaking his ass and like and like Emmett oh. and Mary Elizabeth Winsett are just like what the fuck? Oh, I can't. That was I a funny remember. scene. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. I. I think that's just like that's that's kind of the film. It as much as I like. I also sorry to do two favorite scenes like. No, please. But yeah, the yeah. reveal of the aliens, like when it's clear that's what's happening, especially in the cinema for the first time, that is such an incredible beat of, mm. like, oh my god, they actually did it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, like they kind of pulled it off, and, and that like, alien design is pretty like, cool too. It's like this, like, is so together. I don't even know. It's like kind of robotic and whatever. It's like they're like a dog. I don't know. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Even though the like Cloverfield's alien design is pretty sweet yeah but again it, it reminded me of half-life at the time right right but again it's not the same alien it, it's but it's not and we don't even know if it's an alien or whatever that monster could have been like it's so it's so crazy that they really felt like they needed to connect it when there is literally no connection hmm. like the designs yeah, of yeah. the aliens look super different like the ship looks way more different than anything of like anything in the 2008 movie so it's like bizarre mm-hmm uh, I have my scene. If you're still thinking, yeah, I'm still thinking about yours. Probably when they play heads up, it's just you know, as we mentioned before, it's uh, great. I'm watching you as you sleep. Absolutely, like... of... <laughs> Santa Claus. You're Santa Claus. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I I feel as though that's that's the moment after they decide that they're gonna actually formulate a plan and, um. And Howard also seems unbeatable at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty great. Um, JJ Abrams make another TV show, right? <laughs> yeah, no more movies for you, JJ. No more. Um, fuck, I don't know. I think. Did you like when it said Ten Cloverfield Lane?" That was pretty cool. On the mailbox, I liked that. I liked when the mailbox fell. Because that's the name of the movie. I liked when the mailbox fell off, and you got a close-up shot that said Ten Cloverfield Lane," which was, by the way, that must have been done post-production. There's no way they actually shot that. That was totally CGI. It was so easy to tell that, like the the and and I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead and um and Trachtenberg all both try to give this bullshit answer like oh it was always going to be a cloverfield movie and it's like fuck off no it wasn't don't not, don't give me that bullshit don't don't fuck with me don't that's not that's not true um i, I you know I, I love me some you but come on don't don't try to fool me um i don't know it's so weird because like i feel like this film is so fluid and it's like in his construction that it's hard to like think of like it kind of feels like yeah exactly um well well uh, well edited too um i think i guess i'll go with the whole she's running she hits uh howard with the bottle she grabs the keys she runs to the door and that woman comes and you can kind of see that like you know her skin is bristling and it's like it, you know she's like have, has hives all over her face and then you and basically and she's in like elizabeth once said is right in the middle she's in that like in between like there's the, uh, the door connected to the cellar right behind it is uh goodman like screaming and you know hitting the door and the and the door connecting to the outside is the woman basically begging for her life um, and she's and Elizabeth's just in the middle. The great Elizabeth as an actor, like, she's one of the best listeners 
I think we have currently in Hollywood in the sense of her reaction to just people talking Uh, her looks of concern her looks of fear and her looks of like bewilderment um, I think are truly like I I just anytime anyone is talking I love looking at her face and just seeing what how she's reacting to it she also has a good face yeah Uh, good face by the way Mm-hmm. Uh, very very pretty um but like i love I-, I think she's just so- she's always just like super involved in every scene she's in no matter if she has a word or doesn't mm-hmm. um and i really admire that and so her just like basically saying one or two lines of being like i don't like you know she's saying this or you know what what should i do and blah 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 and like but it's mostly her just looking frightened as fuck um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's really compelling and really like affecting too um, and I love, and the thing is, you have to justify a reason why she stays and why she kind of believes him. And that's the way you do it. You don't, you, you have it to be just as, like, you still don't know exactly what happened to that woman, but you can definitely tell that there's something, there's a, some chemical reaction happening, and you don't know necessarily the full extent of it, but you do know that, like, something is bad happening and it's probably not safe out there. But it doesn't like. But it doesn't prove yeah. Howard was technically right or anything. It just kind of. Sh- it just kind of says that he might have some of. He might be right about something. Um, which I I, mm-hmm. I like. They still play. If that there's mystery. a performance that kind of comes close to this, it's Anya Taylor Joy's Spirit. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. But, She's another great yeah. actress who just when she is in a scene, you love just seeing how she reacts because like like her look of just yeah. like oh my god what is happening is also really affecting. Um, especially in Spain. she's incredible she's gonna win an oscar someday God, yeah um you know like i i think the movie is also shot really yeah. well um it's from jeff cutter who's kind of like an like it's nobody of notes but he shot a movie called office christmas party and i think that's just very funny that there's a movie is that the office christmas party. jason the Bateman? same year but Good yes one. and jen aniston and uh that's a movie that does Kate not Kane. exist there's just <laughs> well, you see, it's a Christmas party that takes place at your office. So. Oh, that's actually a good point. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so two tickets, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I think all good. I liked it. I liked it very much. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have any more thoughts. Yeah. Uh, no notes, guys. Is there anything else you good want to movie. say before we wrap up? Uh, no, I didn't think so. You know, it's yeah. it's a good movie. It's still a good movie. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we <laughs> doesn't stop being a yeah, good movie. Glad we got to cover it. Um, yeah, thank you for picking it, and thank you for being yes, here. This was, this was an absolute this was delight. Incredible. Yeah, this you must come back. You must come back. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Absolutely, something a little less scary. <laughs> well, well, it's less spooky. <laughs> That'll be the running joke this whole yeah, month. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all you know scaredy cats here, so. Yeah. Um, where do you have anything to, to promote or plug or uh, uh, I don't think have so, no. places like, to find you on the internet? Uh, well, I have Twitter and I have like some some writing coming out in the near future, but besides that, not really. I don't have any big projects mm-hmm. going on. What's your Twitter? Nice. Uh, it's it's at Guy Meredith, but that's Guy M R D T H. So. Hell yeah! Excellent. Yeah, that's it. Hell yeah. Uh, Jack, where can everyone um, find I you? I can be found on. <laughs> I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper, and uh, this movie can be found at Pluto TV. For me, it's great. What's Pluto TV? 
and underrated. It's free cable. What? Um, like channels, essentially. It's pretty sweet. Um, you got like a few channels you can like surf on, and it's got a decent movie collection. Yeah, it's just live television, but you don't have to. I mean, there's a lot of ads, but I mean, you don't have to pay a cent for it. Oh, shit. So it's basically <laughs> that's like where Tubi I watched or it. Whatever. Um, it could be different for. I mean, like, Toby doesn't have, like, live television. Oh, well, you're right. You're yeah. Right, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, and next week, uh, Orla Smith will be here to bring us Julia DeCournau's directorial debut, Raw. And uh, I'm still very, very scared of it. <laughs> um, but it's great, and I can't wait for that one. It's going to be Raw. It's going to be Raw. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Um, did you say? Did you say where you, people can Clay, find you, you know on social about? media? Uh, yeah. I mean, like you know, I'm on Letterbox too, and we all are. And uh, okay, cool. You know, writing on film is on the internet by me too. Just look up Jack Draper and figure My it video. out. I think that's probably the best way to do it. Just like Google <laughs> Jack Draper and be like, oh, is this him? Is this not? Have him? you guys ever googled yourself? Yeah. Man. You know what happens when you Google myself? Oscar Isaac and the card counter comes up. No, I'm joking. I don't know. Maybe that happens. <laughs> um, you need to you need to find a way to naturally say that. I think I episode. put it, I think I put it in my Twitter bio. Name dropped by Oscar Isaac in a movie. You most certainly did. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think I did that from my letterbox. <laughs> so I'm gonna fucking hey, you know, if you have your f- you need to get Paul Trader's right. attention. Well, that but well, actually, I do not want. Or well, actually, no, should no, you? No, no, yeah, no, I don't no, know. No, no. I, I kind of regret saying. Card Counter is my favorite movie of this year so far, <laughs> but I do not want to talk to Paul Schrader. <laughs> There's no way in hell. <laughs> um but like you know he's just a man in his 80s yeah it's 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 a thing it's a thing um but i i mean if i if if your full name was said by oscar isaac in a movie i feel like you would kind of promote it like be like hey my clay williams was said in a movie and it was said by (laughs) one oscar isaac i'm gonna like say something about it i'm not gonna stay silent Mm -hmm. yeah everybody watch the card counter yeah you do it's god i can't stop thinking about it to be honest i mean i fucking yeah. I love that movie. It's sensational. It's so yeah, for sure. Um, everyone follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You could follow the podcast Instagram account at Exiting Twenty Tens. Um, you can rate, review, subscribe on any podcast platform you listen us on to. Uh, share us on your social media, retweet, share the Instagram, whatever you gotta do. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. Um yeah, just uh, good vibes to everyone. Treat yourself well. Get vaccinated. Do what you got to do. Um, be safe. Live in the moment. All those great things. And as always, trans rights are human rights. Stop Asian hate. Free Palestine. Black Lives Matter. We'll catch you all next time on Exiting Through the... Oh!